listening to Soul Knox Podcast, and I'm your host, Carl Hikara. And uh, this is episode number 38, I believe. Just checked, and I uh, can't remember now, so I think it's 38. And this week, um, my friend Dave Berardi um, is making his triumphant return to the podcast, and um, we're going to be doing our top 10 death metal albums. So... Uh, kicking off uh, what's going to be kind of series of top ten lists for for uh, for for music, um, and uh, so yeah, doing the death metal one with with Dave. Um, he and I are going to do like a speed metal slash thrash one at some point in the near future as well, and uh, I'm going to do a black metal one with. Should be doing my friend uh, Balls here <clears throat> from Deity Undead. Um, gonna try to get uh, Sage to come back on. We're gonna do a top ten bestial black metal list. So you know, I got some of these, some of these in the works. Um, I want to get some more. Yeah, it's one of the things I want to hit on the podcast. So uh, you know, talk, do a little bit more music talk as well. Because the whole point of this podcast is to have a have a mixture of things. Um, I got a really big, important episode dropping next week, but I'm gonna let that be a surprise for everybody. Uh, but n- make no mistake, it is a uh, pretty big, big, big deal one for for the podcast and for myself, and uh, I think uh, people. Should be excited for it. Um, I don't, not does not disappoint. Let me just say that. Um, that's one of my guests last time he came on. Um, was the most uh listened to podcast I have on here, and then uh, but it's a three way between with him and another person who uh, yep, I have a great admiration for. So yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that and uh. And then uh, we're going to let it be a surprise. It's going to be the special Walpurgis Knocked episode for the podcast. So next uh, Sunday, obviously, is the day of Walpurgis Knocked, uh, April 30th. Um, we're kicking off the ending the dark half of the year and starting the light half of the year. So that's um, one of the nights where the veil is thinnest alongside... Uh, um, uh, Samhain or Salween with Halloween, you know. So these two holidays go hand in hand. They're two of the holidays that I, I, um, for me, I'm, you know, two of the kind of uh, sabbats that I always uh, honor. And of course, you know, well, Purchase Noct is an important one if you're into Satanism and stuff like that as well. Um, or say if you're uh, LeVay and Satanist, you know, uh, LeVay started the church, sold his soul to the devil and started the Church of Satan on Walpurgis just knocked in 1966. Um, so, you know, it's a powerful night and, um, yeah, powerful podcast episode that, uh, will be dropping, you know, maybe next, uh, next week I'll, uh, um, give a little bit more about what purchase knocked itself, um, but we'll see. You know, that's a good overview. I'll give you an idea. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's what's going on next week, and uh, 
got even more stuff coming up in the near future uh, that is all very good. And um, yeah, I hope you guys are going to enjoy. I'm also going to be uh, starting a series on the Patreon. Um, so yeah, for $2 a month, you can go on patreon.com forward slash soul knocks podcast. And uh, I'm going to be doing, you know, just to launch it recently, going to be doing two to four episodes of bonus episodes a month. Um, and I decided I'm going to do a uh, mini series on Patreon all about Dracula. So uh, I'll be uh, the first two episodes of which I will be posting um, on the main feed as bonus episodes to give people an idea of what I'm going to be doing on the Patreon. Uh, at least one of the series I'll be doing on Patreon. So, um, yeah, I'm going to do like a little introduction and then um, basically going to cover um, first up. First real episode is going to be about Dracula, the novel and um, uh, possibly, probably uh, more than likely going to be having Mike Hill be talking about Dracula, the novel with me, as I know he just recently read it and he's a fan. So I asked him if he'd want to. So, um, and then from there, I'll be doing um, a series basically talking about Nosferatu, the 1922 movie, Dracula, the Universal Dracula, and the sequels in another episode. Then, another, then I'll be doing a series of episodes about a set of episodes about uh, Hammer Dracula. So I'll have one episode about Horror Dracula, and another one about, or one about Horror Dracula, Brides of Dracula, another about. Dracula, Prince of Darkness, and Taste the Blood of, or sorry, Dracula's Risen from the Grave, and then Taste the Blood of Dracula, and Scars of Dracula will be an episode, and then, then will be, um, Dracula 80, 1972, and Satanic Rites of Dracula, so those will, each one, each one of those two sets will be an episode, and then we're going to be doing, um, um, I'll be talking about, um, I'm going to, Probably talk about the Louis Jordan BBC Dracula, which is a pretty good one. Uh, I'm going to try to see if I can track down the Jack Palance, Dan Curtis Dracula, which I remember liking when I was a kid, but I haven't seen in a long time. And, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the um, Dracula with um, Frank Langella. And then uh, we'll be doing one of my favorite movies of all time, which is the 1979 Nosferatu, uh, as well as Johnny and Klaus Kinski, and then uh, bringing it to a close with another one of my favorite movies, which is Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992. So that's going to be a little mini-series that's going to be uh, over on Patreon. So yeah, uh, like I said, $2 a month, and um, yeah, you'll get some cool um, stuff, and uh, I will um, be very, very grateful for the support. Uh, so it'd be really helpful. Um, and uh, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, give a shout out to the fellow horsemen of the podcast Apocalypse. And then we'll get into the episode. So on Mondays, or every other Monday, you got Brandon Legion with Horror Wolf 666, which is uh, uh, horror movie interviews and um, also uh, uh, he does like top tens and stuff like this. Uh, Tuesdays, you have the best extreme metal podcasts out there with Into the Necrosphere of Jackie Smith. Um, Wednesdays, you have 
Everything Went Black with Mike Hill, which is kind of like this one where, you know, he does a lot of different stuff. Thursdays, you have Necromaniacs with Mike Hill, Mike Scandato, and Jeff Kashid. Necromaniacs covers new and old horror movies. <coughs> and then, let's see. Uh, Fridays, you have Break the Apocalypse with uh, John Draper, Mike Scandato's brother. And then we have the unofficial horseman, which is uh, Cheyenne from Tribax with Iblis Manifestations, which comes out at different times. So, yeah, go and give everybody a follow, give everybody a like, um, and, you know, rate everybody's podcasts. And, um, yeah, you can follow me at Carl Hikara, K A R L H A I K A R A, on Instagram, or Denver Underground Radio on Instagram or Facebook. And, um, Never Underground Radio is my radio station that uh, kind of uh, online radio station I run every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. We have uh, live radio shows that you can tune in on the website. Um, all of them starting at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 11 Eastern Standard Time. Tuesdays, you got Darklands, which is my show with uh, black metal, death metal, dark ambient, stuff like that. Thursday, you have the upstairs room with my friend Ken um, and myself, and we do post-punk, uh, dark wave, goth, etc. Fridays, it's Ken's show, Deviation, which is uh, a variety. So if you follow us on um, on Instagram, you can see all the set lists, and you can also follow. I, post, I use that as the scent hub, so I post everything about the radio show and also the podcast. So you can go and find all of that on the Instagram there. So, uh, that being said, um, let's get into our top 10 death metal. And, uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Hail Satan. <laughs> Inside, void of light, and in 
recording now all right the um but yeah uh first of all thanks for coming back on dave it's good to have you back on thank you for having me back it's good to be back yeah um and uh thought this would be a good episode uh top 10 death metal so yeah as soon as you said it i was like i started working on it like right away <laughs> oh yeah. my list yeah and i had like i had 10 that came like easily to me and then I started thinking deeper and deeper and I'm like, oh shit, like I should put that instead. And you know what I mean? Like it's so hard to like narrow it down to 10. Yeah. Well, you know, there is a part of the thing like, okay, the first ones you think of are probably the, the main ones, but there's sometimes where it's like, there's stuff that you really like, but maybe just had to listen to it in a while. So it's like, yeah, exactly. you're just, this is not on your mind in that particular moment. But then when you think of it, like, oh fuck, no, I'm going to put that on my list. And exactly. That's yeah. Exactly. What happens. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, the uh so yeah and yeah most of my top 10 is pretty set like from the first time i thought but um particularly like the 9 10 spot like i had a lot of thinking about like you know particularly the 10th spot like i was like it was like between about three or four albums like and i kept changing it kept thinking like okay what which what is this gonna be you know (laughs) well exactly me same same with me i i think i made a change even like yesterday really quick i'm like wait a minute yeah I, I, like golden to me at a time so like i have to put that and then you know you think about certain bands too and it's almost impossible to pick like just one that you love because you love like a ton of the records so yeah there might be some like glaring omissions to certain people or um like why didn't you put this band and why don't you put that album it's like i can't pick just one <laughs> from certain right. bands you know well i think you know you just pick like for certain bands, I just picked like um, I thought about like basically my list is this is my personal list. I'm not saying this is what I think is the best death metal in the world. This yeah, is what sure. I like. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. um, like my list will probably is going to end up pissing off a lot of death metal purist people because it's like it's so. Um, I mean, I'm just I'm just uh, gonna 
say from the upfront, like this is this is uh my personal like this is albums that mean a lot to me is yeah. I'm not saying that they're you know like these are the best death metal albums of all time or whatever. And so, you know, like even with bands where I had a lot of there's some bands it was hard to choose and well, you know, I meant to bring it up when we get to the albums, but um I kinda like ended up like falling on you know trying to think of okay which albums like have i listened to the most that stick the most with me like that kind of stuff and sometimes i go back and re-listen to some of them and be like yeah this this is the one you know like there's a few times where and then um and then there's a couple things we'll get into where i didn't there's one album that i didn't put on my list but uh, i would put on a different list but because it falls on that spectrum of like being kind of proto death and black so it's like, oh, yeah, sure. yeah. you know what I mean? Like where it's like, I kind of see them as being a little bit more thrash for what people consider death metal. You know, I see it, yeah. but we'll get into that. But, um, I think I might know who that even is. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, but, uh, I guess like, I mean, let's just get into, well, before we get into the list, I was thinking like maybe talking about like, real quick like you know your relationship with death metal like where you know like kind of giving our like uh introductions to our our histories with the genre like when did you get into death metal like oh gosh um put me on the spot carl let me see uh well i okay so i started out um with thrash um like first time i heard master of puppets i was like what is this I never, I had never heard a song that long, and I never heard like solos played that way. I never heard arrangements like that. I was like, "What is this?" Um, and I think it just kind of grew from there. I, uh, I will say, <laughs> I remember in grade eight, um, we had the choice: we could either do like a public speech, um, which we had to do every year up until that point, or we could write an essay on like some sort of topic to kind of like prep us for high school. And our right. teacher would grade us on that. So I chose, um, you know, I wanted to do something involving music for an essay. And I chose like violent lyrics in music and like effects that they had on people and stuff like that. Right. And I was talking about stuff that I hadn't really listened to at the time. But like I had seen like documentaries like Metal and Headbangers Journey and things like that. Um, and I ended up doing like really well in that essay. I got like, a, I got like in the 90s uh, percentiles on that. Oh, wow. um, but like it that kind of like sparked my interest further because I had seen you know I'd seen Metal Ahead Bangers Journey I had seen like uh, you know clips of, of things and I was like man like I gotta check some of this out like what's what's going on with this like I need to look further into it um, and I remember I had like this little teeny tiny like mp3 player back in like the LimeWire days. And my dad would just like take it, you know, what songs do you want? And you like, I would write it down on a piece of paper, what songs you want on it or what bands you want on it. And he would put that on. So I picked, I picked the least violent sounding title <laughs> from Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was staring through the eyes of the dead. Yeah. Um, and that came on uh, when I was riding the bus to school one day and I was like, holy shit i've been missing out yeah and then i you know and then eventually after that I, I did like a bunch of research and like oh that song is with their first lead singer he's in this band now they have this other guy singing for them that's why it sounded different from other songs that i heard 
things like that. So like my gateway was like thrash and then like my, my own morbid curiosity. And then I ended up really liking it, even though I kind of like, you know, I wasn't condemning any bands in that essay that I wrote, but um, I was kind of speaking just from what I had seen from like a distance without really like exactly knowing specifics about, um, you know, lyrical concept and stuff like that. I think, I think it was just, it kind of like tempted me closer. <laughs> I ended up enjoying it way more than I thought. Right. So, yeah. So it was like, it was like Cannibal Corpse was like your gateway into death metal. Yeah. 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 And I think, I, I think a lot of people, that's probably like the first band because they're kind of like the, the big death metal band. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, I would say they're the biggest, I mean. They're synonymous. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like, um, I'm a, so like, obviously growing up, I was like real, you know, I was really into, uh, I got in into heavy music through like, uh, the funny thing was originally, I think what I first heard was like, stuff like because my dad and my mom were not into metal or heavy music at all like so really like i didn't hear that kind of music too much except for like with other people like around other people or something and i think um i heard like um but my dad but i did have like um like Jimi hendrix like album, like my dad you know i got into Jimi hendrix that was kind of like oh like distorted guitars and stuff and then i started like exploring other things and re you know going into my own music you know and i remember getting into like uh um i like i think probably metallica was one of the first ones and then black sabbath and danzig and and the misfits and getting into punk as well and like slayer and that kind of stuff so that was kind of like all oh, once and then I'm all, at the same time i was also getting into the other kinds of music i like like the post-punk and like industrial and noise and stuff like that yeah. like and then so i was already into like all these types of things and like different you know and then I kind of, I think it was my, um, my brother, um, I guess my stepbrother, my brother, he, he showed me, um, death metal, like, uh, cause he was a little bit older than me and, and he was part of how I got into like hardcore punk and stuff as well. Like he showed me like hardcore and, and these types of things, but then he also showed me like death metal and, and I started like digging into it through the internet and that was in the, like the late nineties, you know, like, um, yeah. So it was, you know, there, I, my big resource a lot of times with getting in music back then was a website called allmusic.com. And so I could look up like a genre and then find out all these different bands. And then I'd write them down and try to go find CDs and stuff. So that was like my way in with a lot of stuff. And, um, like the different genres I get into it be a, like industrial or like, uh, I don't know, like electronic or like post-punk or speed metal or whatever, you know, it was like this right, website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's kind of what happened with, was it um death and black metal but the funny thing is is that i got i started getting into like um i think probably it was like cannibal corpse and napalm death and stuff but i didn't really like 100 percent resonate with me those those types of bands like um in the sense that like like what ha ended up happening was i started getting this stuff and then i also kind of i started to learn about black metal but then i started to get sidetracked and got into some other stuff and then uh, i was a little bit older I think like 16 um i re i was going on a trip to norway and sweden and then i was thinking about remembered like you know reading all these black metal bands from norway and stuff you know oh, yeah. and i like i was like oh i should go back and listen to all those bands and stuff like and whatever before i go and so it's funny because it was almost like i laid the seed when i was a little bit younger and then came back to it at like 
16 and i guess like maybe i was just in the right place where i was like oh fuck like you know the game over like from that point on i was like all about you know black and death metal and whatnot but it was started off with black metal and then you know i'm reading all black metal i'm reading like okay like um i'm reading my bands like morbid angel deicide and stuff like that and how they were important with the black metal scene and so i'm like well i should go and check those bands out you know, because I did like some of the death metal stuff, but, you know, I just wasn't really into, like, the gore lyrics and stuff, you know. And, um, yeah, so then I heard, like, you know, Morbid Angel. And that, that was when I really started getting into death metal was was at that point, you know, yeah. and hearing these other bands. And I would, I looking back, I think that if I had heard some of the bands, like, that's on my list, like, when I was, you know, you know, 13 or 14 or whatever, when I first really heard about death metal, I probably would have gotten way more heavily into it, you know like at oh, yeah. that point yeah. but i think i just didn't hear quite the you know i heard stuff it was like i liked it but it wasn't really like my thing you know what i mean i think when yeah. you get a bit like later on when i found the things that i really resonated with like that's when it was like you know changed my life and i was like you know into that all pretty much you know i went through a period where <laughs> yeah i went through a period for probably three or four years where i literally pretty much did, i don't think i listened to pretty much just metal and you know ambient basically and whatnot you know what i mean like oh, yeah. You know, yeah so it was I like was a total i was a total snob in high school some of the years uh i was like it's just metal it's just extreme like death metal and stuff and if you don't like that shit like i was like fuck off <laughs> you know <laughs> i was yeah. kind of snobby like that and then like as i got older i'm like oh well there's like there's a lot of good other things outside of the metal world like you need to you kind of got to outgrow that shit, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, for me, I was like, I've always been into like a lot of different things and very like, I crammed like a lot of different genres into a short period of time, like in my, from like probably, I don't know, like 10 or 11 when I really started getting into my own music and not just like yeah. listening to my parents listen to or whatever. Um, from that point on, I mean, I, I crammed like, every fucking genre of music that I could possibly find that I, that I liked. And I found like stuff that I liked and all, you know, these different genres yeah. and like, uh, so sometimes I also don't quite remember the exact order in which things happen. Like, because it's all just like a blur, you know, that age, you oh, know, yeah. Yeah. from like 11 to 16, it's like, it's just a blur that, that like adolescent, early teenage, but, um, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah and i was like you know be like super duper into like fucking you know i remember my first sound but definitely i got super duper into it for like a period of time and then next thing i know i was like going off and listening to something else or you know like but but the thing is is that a lot of this stuff like stuck with you you know what i mean like oh yeah for sure and it's like um or you kind of come back or you know it's like you're it's like when you're that age and you're finding all the stuff then you like kind of like um it's like laying the seed for the future when you're a bit older and you can get it better. You know, like I think there's some bands that maybe like when you're like, you know, 13, you might not get as well as when you're a little bit older. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. But I mean, I think that, I think that because of the fact that before I really got into extreme metal, I was already listening. I was like, I was like just like in this thing of like, uh, wanting extreme music like i want to like i know i already listened to like einster's and new bowden and the swans and and skinny puppy and all this stuff where it's just like and like throbbing gristle and all this stuff this is like extreme noise shit you know what i mean like when i was like a, a kid you know basically a kid 
And so it makes sense that that I would like, and I was also getting into like Slayer and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so it's like, yeah. you know, that all the extreme music, all for me, extreme music is kind of you know combines together. And I think that coming from a background of sometimes even more harsh music than a lot of death metal and black metal, like it's good because then you're like, okay, like I get this. Like you know, it's like wall oh, noise, yeah. like trend picking blast beats like all this stuff like oh, yeah exactly. yeah yeah but i had to think like like you know for me i guess like grindcore and gore grind and stuff just didn't really do it for me in the same way that like when i found like occult you know death metal stuff or whatever oh, yeah for sure i understand that for different days it's definitely like, not for everybody like i'm as i got later like as i grew up like and got more craving that like more and more extreme like you were saying like obviously i got into black metal too um and then that was like okay now like here's napalm death but then here's like insect warfare or like the crazier grind stuff like gore grind like last days of humanity and stuff like that too um i think think yeah it's kind of like that constant wanting to be like find like something that's more and more extreme and then just figuring out like if your palette is like if you want to like um if it's for you or not because yeah yeah like like you were saying like it's not for everybody for sure i think it's like the vocals (laughs) yeah i think it's like the vibe and the um the intent behind certain bands like um like part of the reason i didn't really like a lot of grindcore stuff is because it was like a little too political for me like same reason like why like a lot of punk didn't really you know i got into punk like first you know like that was like yeah. i got into like punk and like black sabbath at the same time and stuff you know like but i was into like the misfits you know like that was my thing like misfits and danzig yeah. and you know like um rudimentary peni and and that kind of stuff and and probably the most political i would get is maybe like the subhumans uk and like discharge and stuff yeah. you know like um after a certain point when things get a little too like political, I'm just not that interested because it's yeah. just like, I'm not a, you know, I just, I don't really want to hear you talking. You know, I'm not into like fucking like, you know, bad religion, like doing like these political screeds over like lame pop punk. You know what I mean? It's just not, oh, not yeah, for me. Yeah. I feel like a lot of grindcore gets a little too political as well. And I mean, I got into yeah. grindcore at via like hardcore punk because like I said, my brother was like showing me, you know, you know scum by napalm death or whatever you know because he you know and that's basically is just like it's it is like the next step from hardcore punk and but there's a lot of stuff that i do like in that like um and um you know like uh uh do you you ever read that swedish death metal book i haven't read it i should yeah Um, definitely now they have like a whole there's swedish there's finnish there's you know uh, finished black metal book now and everything like that like it's just yeah. like every and, time it's like every year they put out a new book yeah i need to get like the finished black metal one i haven't been able to figure out where to order it but the swedish death metal book uh is real good and it really does like take you through like the fact that a lot of um death you know particularly swedish death metal like had its origins a lot in hardcore punk and and um yeah. there's like a lot of like kind of grindy like hardcore punk bands like and whatnot that came out of out of there so there's a lot of that kind of stuff i do appreciate like i do like discharge and like the aesthetics of like the black and white imagery and all that kind of stuff of a lot of those types of things but um you know like there is i have a limit for how much like 
you know, political stuff I can handle and music, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's a, so like, and then the same thing with like murdering people, like lyrics are just about murdering people. I have a hard, hard time with like after a little while. I'm yeah. You like, gotta balance it out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, uh, I'm like, I kind of prefer, uh, stuff that even when it's like death oriented or something that it's doing something a little bit more, I don't know. A little bit atmospheric horror movie feeling as opposed to just yeah. you know it's kind of like with i always like with with metal and particularly death metal i classify things kind of by horror movies so it's yeah. like you got the you know you got the bands that are like straight up just you know they're like the bands that's doing like um fuck uh uh august underground like type of movies where it's just like yeah. murdering it's literally just like murdering people and torture and porno stuff like weird weirdo like yeah 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 just no plot just all <laughs> fucked up you know just that's, yeah. I'm not into those kinds of bands you know what I mean <laughs> oh, I yeah. and then you got like you know the bands that it's created like kind of classic like Fulci zombie movie vibe I, I am into that you know like I can, I can yeah yeah like, yeah me know. too so but yeah I mean yeah as we can get in as we get into so um and then, uh, so I guess let's do our list, and then at at the end we'll talk about the new Suter single as well. When we get to oh hell yes, we'll talk about that <laughs> after we get done. So and the video, did you get to see the video too? I watched the video, yeah. No, I just listened to the, oh, the single. Yeah, I thought I thought the Norgevel video was like, damn, that's a grim and evil. But this one is like, holy shit. Yeah, I need to watch. I think it, it might be like one of their first like actual like film videos too. I think. I don't think. If you search, you can't really find like a music video. It's usually like just like a live thing, and then they put the song over it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a suitor like video, you know. Yeah, so I thought that was cool, and they, and you know, it's what you'd expect. I yeah, won't spoil it. It's we'll like talk about it. it's like fire and blood and shit. So. Oh yeah, of course. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So let's kick off the uh, top ten. I'll let you start it off with your top, your number ten. Cool. All right, so my number 10 is Necrophagia with uh, Holocausto de la Morte. Nice, um, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, being, uh, like when I was getting into death metal, um, I guess I kind of started off with like the old guard, like Cannibal Corpse, um, Gorguts, who are Canadian, uh, Erosion of Sanity, their record was one of the first ones I heard. Um then I came across Necrophagia because as I was doing, you know, because I'm a Pantera is my favorite band. So I found out Phil um, played guitar uh, for like a number of like these side bands, like these, some of them had like longer tenors than others and stuff like that. Yeah. Like um, Vi Viking crown and Viking crown. Stuff, yeah. uh, what was the other one? Christ, Christ inversion. Um, he did that. Uh, and then I found out he did a stint in Necrophagia. Yeah. Um, friends. Yeah. Um, and he went under the pseudonym Vincent, uh, Vincent Crowley, I think he called um, himself. Well, Vincent Anton Crow Crowley. Yeah. I was like, Vincent Crowley is uh, the guy from yeah. yeah, Akron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was Anton Crowley, uh, play guitar on, it was like either two, I think it was two records and one EP by this band. Um, and the Holocaust of De La Mort, um, it's just, it was sinister. Like, and like you were saying, like the full she type. Yeah. band that's that's totally what these guys are yeah there's definitely. um there's a full unedited um thing on youtube um i think it's just this whole album but it's like all the videos like combined as one 
and there's like no holds barred with these ones like it's super gory <laughs> um there's like murder and blood and guts and everything like i remember seeing it when i was younger and i'm like holy shit like this looks real like how are they doing this and like <laughs> phil's phil's kind of like, like he has his hair in his face but you know it's him and he's like just rocking his gifts in sg playing like these really crazy riffs and then of course the thing that really makes the band is is killjoy's vocals yeah. um who's i guess he when did he pass away it was like three years ago now something like that uh yeah i think it was like 2020 i think yeah something like that but, but combining those two together and like i know like they're both like big horror movie aficionados it comes across in the music and it's just like one of the most brutal like best death metal records like you'll ever hear and and phil some of the most sinister riffs i think that uh because i know he wrote a lot of stuff for his other bands but he you know it wasn't really like credited because obviously you have like someone like dime in your band He's, that's kind of getting a like outshined right so like the fact that he was like kind of more front and center writing the music with this band it really comes across and he's like he's a really good writer and then you add killjoy's lyrics and vocals and the imagery it's just like perfection so that's my number yeah. 10. that's a good one yeah necrophasia i for, i kind of forgotten band but they're really important um i mean they're uh their first album is is literally like one of the first death metal albums to come out of the United States. Like, um, I think yeah, that's that, what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, I think that it came out. I don't know. I, don't know, I can't remember if it came out before Scream Buddy Gore or for like right at the same time, around the same time. But let me check Spotify really quick. Do they have the dates? For the I years. Think, yeah, because I think Scream Buddy Gore I think came out like what eighty seven or eighty eight. Necro. A not necrophagist. Another good band though. Of course, this one's saying 2008, so the date's wrong. Uh, Let me see. I look up a uh, necrophy. It's like archaeophagia. Green bloody gore says 87. Okay, and then um, let me see when uh, um, season of dead. 87 as well. So, but I would say that because their demos came out in like 84 and whatnot, and if you've ever heard the Necrophasia demos, they're yeah. they're like they really like they're kind of very early creating like the kind of quintessential like you know death metal sound. You know what I mean? Like yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I know a lot of people credit them as being like one of the originators for sure. Like ne like everyone talks about the whole possessed and death debate, but like it's like hey necrophagia was there too like right away so yeah like and uh even and uh as well as uh massacre you know like yep. even though from beyond didn't come out until much later like uh you know their demos and stuff were out i mean you know like mass like um what's his name uh the lead singer of massacre like he was pretty important like cam. In, yeah cam like cam yeah. yeah he was in death for a stint as well yeah exactly actually. and uh and then, Death spawned like so many cool bands. Like you know, Chris Reifert was in there with Chuck for a while, and then he goes off and forms Autopsy. And yeah, they were Mantis, and then he becomes Death, and then Cam goes and forms Massacre. Like it's just, it was a nice breeding ground. And then Chuck obviously like you know solidified and stayed with Death. But yeah, the um, yeah, definitely that's a good choice. Necrophagia is a good one. Um, it's one of the ones that that I love, but I. 
didn't think about putting my list until you just mentioned it. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm glad you put it. popped up the other day. I can't remember. I think I was just scrolling through and I saw like a picture of Killjoy or something. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. that has to be there. Because I listened to I, I wore that out for a while, like listening to that. Like that was all I was listening to. And I was obsessed with the videos and how they were doing the effects and stuff like that. Because there's some stuff in there where you're like, did they actually just cut that human open? <laughs> it's like real good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The, um... And one thing too, before we move on, mine is that I know that uh, Fenris has talked a lot about the importance of the first uh, Necrophagia album, even for black metal, oh, yeah. you know. So yeah. But all right, so my number ten is going to be uh, Bolt Thrower with Realm of Chaos. Nice. So, and um, both are uh, oddly odd thing is that Bolt Thrower is a band that got I've gotten into more recently over the past few years, but like what they. Yeah. Their sound, I think, is like a perfect like version. Of, it's like a perfect t- type of death metal. You know, like it's just like it's catchy, it's heavy as fuck. Like it feels like, you know, it's like brutal, oh, yeah. you know, barbaric fucking like death metal. And um, you oh know. yeah, I love I love Gold Thrower. They're not on my list, and it's only because I can't just I can't really just pick like a favorite. Like I kind of just listen to like whatever I. I might pick like those ones loyal one day and then I'll go fourth crusade the next day. Then I'll go all the way back to realm of chaos. You know, it's just like, it was so hard to pick. I just kind of like left it aside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I think that, um, I just really into the, into their sound and it's like, uh, you know, like I said, it's like they're a band that, um, I got into more recently, but, but they're, they really like blow me away. You know what I mean? Like, Really they have like of... a flawless discography, I think. Like you can put on any of their records and it's awesome. Like there's yeah. no skipping tracks or anything like that. Yeah, they're they're always good, they always write good songs, good vibe, good atmosphere, and it's always brutal, yeah. you know. Yeah. And sure. good vocals and everything. So yeah, so yeah, I both are I'd be on my list. So are you into memoriam at all? I haven't really listened to Memoriam yet. Yeah, yeah, I haven't I haven't I've heard it's not as good as Bolter though. Yeah, I know Jackie doesn't like it really, like this newer stuff. There's some good stuff, and then there's some stuff where you're kind of like, eh, it's yeah. like whatever. But it's nice that they're kind of like, like he's still doing stuff, and those guys are still making music in some other form. Yeah, um, I haven't really. But yeah, there's no way they could top. I know why they stopped at those once loyal because it's like you can't top that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like and like you yeah. said, every album they did, they've done is a great, you know. But uh, I decided to go for Realm of Chaos just because, like, I just like that album, you know, a lot. And it's a classic, so. Yep. It's yep. probably the one I listen to the most, so. Nice. Good call. All right, what's your number nine? Number nine, I've got Putrid Pile with Blood Fetish. Um, for anybody that doesn't know who Putrid Pile is, it's a one-man uh, project. Uh, dude's name is Sean Lacan, and I believe he's from Milwaukee. Um and it's literally, it's like this record in particular, I think it's just got a little more crisper production. Um, but yeah, he does like everything himself, uh, crazy vocals. It's more on the brutal, like more brutal death metal side of things. Um, and with this record, like the drums are just a little more, they don't sound like a drum machine on this one. Um, and the riffs on this, like that guy is an expert at riff, like crafting riffs. Um, and like vocal vocal wise too, like it's it's really brutal. And but he's like all over the place. It's not like one monotonous growl throughout every song or anything like that. Like he's really good at being versatile. 
Um, and I really admire like these one man projects, you know, like uh, be it in black metal or in death metal. Um, I guess his, his inspiration from what I've read on like Encyclopedia Metallum and stuff is he saw Sean Whitaker, who was in the band. Uh, he has two projects, Viral Load and Insidious Decrepancy. And I guess Sean was at this Insidious Decrepancy show and it's literally just Sean Whitaker uh, with a guitar and he presses a button like the, to get the drums going and then he plays by himself. And it's, it's pretty mind blowing to watch. And I guess that was like Sean LeCan's inspiration to like start Putrepile and do his own stuff that way. Okay. Um, and he, I know he tours like the world and stuff and he's, he's really popular, especially in like the brutal death metal world. But as far as this record goes, um, it just, it ticks off all the boxes for me. It's really, it's super heavy productions, like probably the best out of all of his records. Um, yeah. And I just, it's really excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> then I never heard of Putrid Pile, so. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, you have to check him out. You have to give it a go. Uh, let's see. My number nine is uh, I had to do a lot of soul searching which album to pick for this band, and it's Vader. And I picked. Okay, um, yeah. And it's uh, I, I went with the Ultimate Incantation. And the, okay. the reason why I went with Ultimate Incantation, it was between that <laughs> one and Revelations primarily, between those two yeah. albums. And maybe deeper fundus like those are probably my three favorites. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, again, there's a band. That's a band who's never released a bad album. Like every album is sick. Um, pretty much. I, I don't really like Back to the Black very much, but um, I like everything else by Vader. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I went with Old Man Incantation because my favorite, absolute favorite thing, but from Vader is his his um, the demo and uh and like the, that first ep like that he did back in the day yeah. like, um, and uh for some reason I'm blanking a name but and a lot of the songs on this are on ultimate incantation are, are versions of the stuff that was on you know the demos and everything nice. and uh i just and i like the vocals and like the, the sound overall is pretty good even though it's kind of i think they did it at um sunlight you know but it doesn't have like a sunlight sound really um yeah, except yeah. for maybe, maybe the drums are a little you know, you can tell their their pads or whatever. But overall, like it sounds good. The vocals are great. Like the songs are fucking sick, and the vibe is, you know, you know, it just is like an intensity. Like I was like, I like, I think the production is a bit better than Deep Profundus and that. But I mean, uh, I just think that the album is just like super solid. You could tell it was like Vader was like on this album was like not sure if they're ever going to make another album, so they put like that's 1000 percent intensity into it you know what i mean like you got i got that sensation from the album that that they didn't they didn't know if they're going to be able to make another one so they are like let's go for it because you know these crazy fucking polish maniacs you know what i mean like oh yeah exactly yeah uh yeah i'm a huge fan of vader like um yeah it was like uh, i think revelations also is like another perfect album and that was like the other one i was like really like which one should i pick but yeah i want to fold incantation yeah, they have uh, they have a really good discography, um, and like an underrated band, I think. Like they don't come up in conversation like enough sometimes. I think like there's the ones that everybody gravitates towards, and then it's like the the real like death metal heads. Like you either like love Vader or you're kind of critical, and then like certain things they do you really love, or like you can be critical of it. But I agree with you, like flawless all around. I think yeah. the most recent one too. I remember. 
that one kicks ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was their it's their shortest one, but like again, they just like put their all into it, and the production is so good. I think um, I think the thing that's great about Vader is that he puts a lot of uh, intent behind the songwriting. Yeah. You know, like he's more about songwriting rather than being technical and stuff. So it has like really good songwriting on his albums, you know, like. Yeah, good point. Yeah, they're not yeah. overly technical, but they they make it sound like, you know what I mean? Like they, they put a lot, like they put a lot of notes, but they don't really have to, you know what I mean? In that sense. Yeah, I mean, and, and some yeah. of their stuff's like kind of like sometimes it's like kind of simple, but it works, you know, like and it has that barbaric feeling and. Uh, a lot of it has like a kind of um, particularly like a, like the older stuff because it has a bit more of the occult feeling like on Ultimate Incantation and Revelations and stuff. Um, but, you know, like they, they uh, you know, they've remained very consistent with their style and uh, I also really love Peter's vocals. I think they're fucking like sick. And obviously, like Vader was like the set the standard for bands like you know Behemoth and whatnot. You know, like that kind of Polish yeah. death metal sound. You know, and like and he still it, sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah, he still sounds great. Like, I mean, and people forget how old Vader is. You know, Vader started in the early yeah. '80s. You know, like yeah. eighty like eighty three or some shit. You know what I mean? And another thing too is people forget how important like early Vader, like their demos and um like the first album was on the black metal scene too. Like, uh, like Fenris and Nocturnal Cult will talk a lot about listening to the, I think it's Necrolust demo, you know, like, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that one does really sound like almost like black metal sounding, you know, like, yeah. so, you know, they're really like, they're, they're rooted in that kind of like sarco sarcophago, like type of vibe in a lot of ways, but they just kind of took it to like this more heavy death metal feeling. And yeah, I mean, just like, like a lot they have so many like particularly i feel like they've been on a real high like ever since the welcome to the morbid reich album came came out yeah yeah like 10 years ago yeah 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 and i think because they you know i didn't I, I i like every album they've done but i feel like that album was like really really good and then and then they've kind of maintained like this really high quality for the past 10 years like where you know yeah. like uh so yeah i mean so yeah i that's why i needed vader on my list because like you know this is one of the types of death metal that I really love is this kind of barbaric, like fucking, you know, just <laughs> yeah. like kind of like not too technical, but just, and have a dark evil feeling, you know, like, so, and more people need to listen to Vader. Oh yeah, definitely. They're on tour right now too. They're coming to my neck of the woods. Like, I think on like Saturday or Sunday actually with like Crisian and decrepit birth. Actually. Yeah. I think they're coming here soon. I need to see if I can make it or not. But, uh, you know, I'm just, I know they're playing like a smaller club though. And I'm like, fuck, like, I don't want to go to a club show. You know, I think yeah. my club days are behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sweat my ass off and have ringing in my ears for like two days. You got to use earplugs. But, yeah, I think I'll just bring it. Yeah, I would bring earplugs. But yeah. I got a lot of shows coming up too. Yeah, I, I need, yeah, I need to see if I can make it or not. If, but, um, yeah, Vader go yeah yeah if it like if well yeah because I, I was like i need to try to see vader like there's a couple bands i need to see is vader and incantation and immolation and uh yeah. I, like you know they're basically some of my favorite death metal bands and i haven't seen them live so it's like uh i would love to see them all tour together that would be a fucking like sick show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
But, uh, that'd be yeah. crazy. That'd be like a perfect. Well, that's outfit. a good segue into my number eight. What's your number um, eight? My number eight is Incantation. Onward to Golgotha. Nice. And uh, I mean, like, there's not enough good things to say about that record. Like, um, like crushingly heavy. The vocals are like extra brutal. I think John McEntee is like one of the best death metal vocalists ever. But he didn't. Um, it was Chris Bowler did the vocals in that one, though. Oh shit! Right. Yeah. Sorry. John McEntee. I feel like I get the first. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, because the John um, McEntee did the vocals. Uh, started doing vocals. I think maybe it was blasphemy or the album after it. But I mean, definitely like the last like four or five he's been doing vocals. It was Chris Pollard did vocals on the first two. And then um, oh, it was. Uh, should stick my head in the fucking oven now. <laughs> <laughs> that's <misspeaking>. all right. <laughs> but yeah, like that's just one. Like I never really, um, I I really do gravitate towards those first like couple of incantation records. I don't know, but there's just like this cool quality about them, um, riffs and even like the artwork. Like it's pretty like compelling because, um. It just looks it looks like grim and evil and you're kind of just like what the hell is this and then you hear the songs you're like wow like yeah. it's just pure crushing death metal like done perf perfectly like next to perfectly at least um and that's usually i usually go for that or um uh mortal throne of nazarene is another really good one um, yeah and i that's not to discredit like any of their later output too i think i the most recent one, Biosector Divinity, is just cool too. Um, and like one of the hardest working bands, I think, in all of death metal too. Like, <clears throat> I think like every year I see like they're on like some sort of tour. Yeah, like, they tour a lot. Like they finish one tour and then they jump on another. Like they never stop. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty admirable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And we'll, we'll, def we'll be talking more about Incantation later, obviously, from on my list. But, yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, Honor to Golgotha, I think, is a. Uh, is is not the album I picked, but um I think it's it was almost the one I picked, but I didn't pick that one. But uh um yeah, it's a sick fucking album and you know, a lot of the songs are um from the demos and, and EP and stuff on that and um production's amazing. Like uh, I wish more death metal bands use that kind of production style that they have. It's very natural and um, you know, incantation I, I was you know, listen to Iblis Manifestations and um, interview of John McEntee, and he is, you know, basically saying they don't use click tracks or anything. Like, it's like just, you know, they try to keep it still, like, pretty raw. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, yeah, that's that one too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. And so it's like, even back in, you know, if he wasn't, and a lot of these old death metal albums, you know, they don't use click tracks. They don't use any of that kind of stuff. It's just like fucking raw and, you know, Honored and Golgotha is a super raw and heavy album, and it's it's real, you know. I think it's and for like their first one, like it's kind of yeah. like boom here, we, like it makes a really bold statement. Yeah, I remember. So it was you know I was listening to an um, interview with uh, um, Paul Edney, you know, from Propanatica. And um, yeah. and obviously Paul Edney formed Incantation of John McEntee. Like originally, yeah. like they were drums, and then they had a falling out, and Paul went to did Prophanatica. And I guess like um, when uh, 
Honor to Go Gothic came out, he was pissed because he's like, that's what I, the sound I want for my fucking stuff. And it's like, my stuff doesn't sound that good. <laughs> it's like, it's so crushing, you know? <laughs> I love Pro Fanatica, but it's a shame he can't drum a little bit faster sometimes, you know? I know that's one of his, that was one of his things that he said, like, this is as fast as I can play. So you're never going to get anything like super, super, super fast or anything like that. Um, but uh, I, I, yeah, and then when I thought, like I did recently, like like looking into the background of both bands, I thought it was cool that like they formed Incantation together, and then like, you know again like it was kind of like a breeding ground for like more awesome bands, you know. Because yeah. I'm a Pro Fanatica fan too. Oh, I, I love Pro Fanatica and um and Havo Hay stuff and everything. Like big fan yeah. of of uh of all that stuff for a while, you know. And it's like um. Uh, you know, sometimes I get a little annoyed at how, him talking shit about all the Norwegian black metal bands, but it's kind of whatever. You know, like Paul yeah. is just that way. You know, like yeah. But uh, <laughs> but I don't care. You know, it's like he's yeah. a like I do have a, a lot of respect for him and 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 the type of um, that you know stuff that he's doing and uh, like um, watch a lot of interviews with him and stuff. So yeah, yeah, and like perfect beard. I aspire to have his beard. Yeah, he's got the big old beard. <laughs> it's uh, like, how do you get that, man? <laughs> like, <come> <laughs> a lot of work. I don't know. I don't grow beards, so <laughs> let's see. So, uh, yeah, well, I guess you're we'll, on to eight two. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we'll talk a bit more about incantation in a little bit. Um, uh, my number eight is deicide, and um, I'm gonna commit a sin and kind of say that it's both deicide oh. and legion <laughs> nice. i was like it's a two for one right there because i oh, couldn't yeah, I, pick, I couldn't pick between the. i was like i mean if i had if someone put a gun in my head and said can you pick between deicide deicide and legion I'd probably say the self the self-titled yeah but it's a real hard choice like they're both like perfect albums you know what i mean but i maybe yeah, like, like those first three are kind of like the unholy trinity three you know like just like untouchable right yeah so but, yeah if i had the to, first two yeah if, if i had to choose it'd probably be the first one just because i think the songs may be a little catchier you know so, but they're both fucking sick albums and and yeah you know obviously the first one's a little bit more death uh you know black death thrash black thrash type of sound a little bit you know where i think legion is more uh death metal like pure death metal you know um but yeah i mean just like fucking you know i love deicide um they're not they're, they're a band that there's they have parts of discography that i haven't really spent a lot of time investigating like i have friends who who actually really like scars of the crucifix and stuff and those are albums that that um i need to swing back around and check out you know like <laughs> some of their later albums but uh you know i really love deicide and uh, i think um you know, like the fucking just, just like pure satanic vibe that he's got going on, and and whatever. Like, oh, I dude, think I was freaked out when I first saw. <laughs> <laughs> like getting into the death metal world, like you eventually, like you end up coming across Deicide, right? Um, and like you see those like earlier Glenn Benton interviews, and you're like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> this guy's like. This guy is just easy crazy. Is he for real? <laughs> and he's got the fucking inverted cross in his forehead. And you're like, damn, like he's the real deal. There's like that one, <laughs> I always love it. And the guy's like, the interviewer goes, Are you possessed? And he goes, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very <I> mean, much so. <laughs> and I mean, I think a little bit of that is him like just like 
I, I don't I, there was a part I do think that that Glenn Benton was like maybe putting on a show a little bit, but he's just like oh, totally yeah yeah yeah. Go, so when, going, when you're like a teenager just getting into it, you're like holy shit. But I do res I respect the intensity that he went for. You know, it's just like oh no, I'm he gonna, was totally committed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think there was some of the stuff that he was like serious about. Like he seemed like he was like genuinely serious about like a lot of satanic stuff or whatever. You know, like yeah. I think he just kind of like like to freak fucking christians out you know what i mean he had a lot of you just like i love it now if you mm -hmm. haven't heard him calling into the bob larson radio oh show, yeah that's it that? yeah, yeah. <laughs> i used to like listen to that like i would just type that in glenn benton bob larson yeah just laugh my ass off it was like, so I'm funny kill you and your <laughs> friends larson i'm coming for you larson <laughs> it's so I, cool i uh, think I think the thing with with Diazide in particular is that I think as a, um, and I don't know if Canada is this way, but as, as Americans, you can relate to his hatred of these fucking evangelical assholes, you know, because it's like oh, totally. yeah. it's like it's yeah. like something that we you know it's real real strong here and across the entire country, you know what I mean? So it's like particularly, well, I mean, there's, there's some of that here. Like, uh, it hasn't happened in a long time, like in particular to me, but like. You still get the door-to-door -door Jehovah's, and there's like the Kingdom Hall of Jehovah's Witness in every town, and things like that. Uh, uh, it's yeah, it's not. I, I probably not the way it is in the states uh, in certain places, but yeah, you know, it still spills over here in in certain ways for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like uh, you know, where I live, like you know, and there's a lot of churches here and stuff and whatever. I mean. I don't really. People aren't like down south. Like if you you show up wearing like a fucking you know like I have a hoodie with a inverted pentagram and stuff on it or like you know I swat, have like incantation hoodie with the goat on the back or whatever. You know, there's certain pl places in this country where you could probably still get in. You know, you still could probably get in some trouble. You know, with people. You know what I mean? Oh, like, for sure. But I mean, here uh, you mostly get I get some like stares sometimes, and like you know, you could I I could tell it makes people feel kind of uncomfortable. You know what I mean? We get. Oh, me too, dude. <laughs> I have uh, like you've got your zip up beheret on. I've got um a zip up Slayer that I wear pretty much every day, and I drop my daughter off at school wearing that. You know, and yeah. people look. Some of them, some of the people do know who I am, and they're like, oh, it's just Dave. Like he likes heavy metal. But right. I have I have seen like people kind of look and go what's that guy doing and stuff you know and like if it's in the summertime and i'm wearing like a cutoff shirt they see my dime tattoo i'm wearing a band shirt you know and i'm walking with my daughter like they definitely get like i definitely get some stares and whatnot yeah um especially like this small town like there's a lot of like older people that are you know church goers they go on saturdays and like if there's a mass on like a fucking wednesday they're there you know things like that you do, i do feel it sometimes but you know they don't yeah. know me. So I kind of just like leave it and kind of wonder what they think. They're probably just like, Jesus. Yeah. Save like <laughs> as long as long as they're not bothering me, I don't, you know, they can, they can look oh, at, yeah. they can look, I don't give a fuck, but it's like, yeah. I mean, uh, definitely. I think that, you know, down parts of down South and whatnot, there's like, you know, like where, you know, you could, you can tell, you can understand the, the what fueled the fire and DSI is like, fuck these people. You know, I'm oh, gonna totally. just like shock them, and you know, like 
which is brilliant too. And, I mean, there's still people in the world who still believe like weirdo, like fucking like, you know, satanic cult like stories and stuff, you know, like the satanic yeah. panic stuff is still alive in parts of our culture. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just kind of, and, and I think it's getting, getting stronger again now, like in this country, at least like, and I think in the, I've been hearing about that in places like Britain and stuff too, where this kind of satanic panic stuff is like starting to come back again. So, yeah, you know, but yeah, you just pull out your deity side and kill the Christians, you know, <laughs> Christian killing death metal. Yeah, I, I love, I love. Yeah, the first four deity albums are sick. There's always this like, and deity was one of the first death metal bands I probably. Uh, now I think about it, I think like, um, they're one of the bands I got into early on that I really like, connected with, you know, when it came to death metal, like even before I got into black metal, I remember listening to DSI and, and like being like, yeah, I like this, you know, like, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it, it was almost like refreshing to hear that instead of like every band talking about like killing somebody. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it was kind of like cool to hear like a spin on it. Like they weren't like thrashy exactly like slayer or anything like that but then they took that span and just were like overtly like if you don't like us fuck you like this is what we say and this is what we believe in and our name says it all you know so yeah that's why they've just never given a fuck like their entire career and glenn benton like i know he's been like you know he there's certain interviews like you see like recent um and he's kind of like yeah like i did certain things to be tongue-in-cheek and get a rise out of people but like you know, I still am who I am. Like, I still have my beliefs. And if you don't like it, well, that's fine. Like, you don't have to listen to my music. You don't have to like my band. But, you know, their career speaks for itself, I think. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, and I do like that kind of individuality, like, where he's just like, fuck you, you know. I could just do what I want. I am what I am, so. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So now you're down to your number seven. Seven. Number seven, I have Immolation with Unholy Cult. Um, this one was harder to pick. Like, I knew I wanted Immolation on the list, but I do like a, like, again, like, they're a band with, like, a pretty flawless discography. Yeah, but, they, haven't, they haven't released a single, like, bad album, you know? No, and then, like, you know, I could have I even went with, like, the most recent one. Acts of God was phenomenal. Yeah. Anyway, that was in my top 15 of last year. Um, I think it was But online, there's just something well. about Unholy Cult that like i kind of go back to a lot um just i mean you could say it about any of their records like the songwriting the riffs ross's vocals but like there's something about unholy cult that i just really like like it sticks out a little bit more to me right even though i think like the records that followed are amazing too um but unholy cult is one that the one that i go back to probably the most for sure so that's why i wanted to put it at the at my number seven yeah. That's a good one. And we'll be talking more about Immolation in a little bit. So. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good album. Um, let's see. My number seven is Grave in the Grave. Nice. So, Grave is my favorite Swedish death metal band. And I actually think they're the only Swedish death metal band on the list. I did, um, but, um, yeah, like, I fucking, I love this album. I think it's one of the best, like, death metal albums like it's like uh it's got such a cool vibe like and the thing with grave is that the feeling of their music really feels like so you're walking like it feels very fulci-esque like you're walking in some haunted like cemetery with like oh, totally. you know crumbling 
like shambling corpses coming out of the ground and it's like fog everywhere and you know what i mean like it's got this kind of like real creepy horror movie feeling in my opinion and they you know it even got like the kind of like keyboards and stuff that's going on and you know and i'm a huge fan too of the great of the demos and early eps of grave like the grave demos like the demo collection is fucking sick like they they were they wrote they did really really strong demos and i think it's like um um i think it's the third demo or something has like the fucking sickest sounding vocals like they're just like just just distorting and like all fucked up and it just sounds like sounds like uh i know proclamation or something or the first tate and blood album album or something you know it's like just like these real intense like vocals and uh for sure so I feel like like their demos really have that kind of vibe where you almost feel like okay, like Tatan Blood and and all these Beastial Black Metal bands are probably you know listening to Grave as well, you know. And oh, um, for sure, yeah, there's no and, doubt their influence is like on a lot of those bands. For yeah, sure. and uh, the first album has a lot of that. It's not the vocals aren't quite as extreme as on the demos, but they're good uh, still, and the riffs are great and catchy, and the vibe is there. They got like the keyboard atmospheric keyboard parts here and there that give that like horror movie feeling and you know and again they have a pretty flawless discography overall but um in the grave is definitely like like one of my favorites you know oh yeah for sure i have listened to them i haven't i should do like more of a deep dive on them because um like i've listened to them but then i like i end up going back to like you know the ones that i i've i've already mentioned and stuff like that like i should do like a grave deep dive and just like going to all the discography like i have heard the stuff like solace and in the grave um i have a uh, i have a playlist put stuff out in a while too i think they're due for an album uh, i think they're on like a hiatus or something right now oh, I mean, really? they might okay. even broken up yeah so they haven't released an album for a while but I um <laughs> uh, i have a playlist that i'll send to you on spotify that uh has their discography like from beginning to end oh, like okay. including all the demos and everything in the right right order so okay perfect yeah so I'll send, yeah, because they have you. like, they have. Um, I know, like, because I'm, I'm a Spotify user. Uh, um, they have like those weird like albums where they combine them, but then they don't yeah. have a regular album. Yeah. Which I just I want like each individual album. I don't want to have like one combined, you know, two yeah, hour long. I'll send. Listen, but... I'll send you the playlist because yeah, um, the version of In the Grave on there also is kind of weird because. Um, it's got the demos on disc two, like some of the demos on disc two and stuff, and it's kind of weird. Yeah. So I, I fixed all that in the playlist. So yeah, yeah. Nice. so um, yeah, like uh, I definitely recommend like like giving them a you know go through you know listen to this discography yeah. all the way through. Like they're kind of one of those bands where um, I know like a lot of people don't they, they like the you know in the grave and soulless, and then they don't really like the one because they got a little too groovy. But I actually like the groovy stuff, and then um. You know, there was some albums that like that were good, but maybe not the best. And then they kind of came back like really, really strong. They took like a hiatus for a bit, and they came back and I don't know about 15 years ago or something, and and went on a string of like really strong albums. And like their last couple of albums have been like like really killer. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know definitely. they did. Um, they did a tour. They did like the first edition of Quebec Death Fest, but that was like the closest they ever came to Canada. It was like a one-off show. Yeah, they kind of kicked myself not going to see them last time they came to Denver, like, you know, four years ago or something. I should have gone. 
I hope they come back at some point yeah. and do some new shit. Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend. And, you know, they're a band that's forgotten about a lot, you know, like a lot of people. Yeah, don't talk yeah, about underrated. It. Yeah. Underrated and underappreciated. Yeah. 100%. Um, let's see. So, what's your number six? Six. Uh, Asheron, Rights of the Black Mass. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's my number five. So. Oh, that's your number five. <laughs> yeah. So we can talk um, about it now. <laughs> no, we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, my introduction to Asheron was um. It was on YouTube again. It was the Bob Larson interview that he did with them. And they're just like sitting there, uh, Vince and I forgot the guitar player's name. Um, but they're sitting there and they're like, they're aviators and they just have these big grins on their faces. And they're just like, we're going to have the time of our lives, like shitting on this overt, you know, Bible toting piece of trash, Bob Larson. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going yeah. on and on. And they're just like, it's like a whole interview of them just like trolling him and stuff like that. And it's, it was killer. And then, like, he plays snippets of their of their album, which is that album, I believe. And then I ended up uh, hearing it, and I was like, "Wow, like this is this is like deicide, but like like even more evil and extreme, almost in a way." Well, I think, um, um, yeah, Akron. I mean, they're one of my favorite death metal bands. That's why, obviously, they're in my top five. You know, yeah. And um, like, and this album definitely, I think, is their best. But I think all their albums are good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Totally. But I think the thing that's killer about Akron is that they're a serious, like, um, occultist and involved with, like, the Church of Satan. And they have, like, Peter Gilmore from the Church of Satan doing all the all the instrumental, like, keyboard intros on the yeah. album are done by Peter Gilmore, who's, like, the head of the current Church of Satan. And, um, uh, you know, like, like, a lot of their lyrics and stuff are based off of, like, you know, the Satanic Bible and Anton LaVey and whatnot, you know, like... And it just has like a real like serious like satanic kind of diabolical like feeling, and it's real like I love how like primitive and barbaric their music is, you know. And I fucking love his vocals; like they're like perfect, like to me, like this kind of like barbaric, 100%. like yeah, you know, like you know, these are vocals that got real balls. You know what I mean? Like he's like yeah. he sounds like he's like roaring. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The songs are catchy as fuck too. Like like there's some of these songs that you can kind of you can think about you can kind of hum in your head you know you're like oh yeah it's like catchy like fucking you know songs that are memorable and it's just got a cool vibe like and they're one of those bands that i almost consider more of a black metal band in a lot of ways because of the way they are yeah, for sure. yeah but i you know they're still death metal you know what i mean so but yeah. like yeah i mean this is like a perf perfect <laughs> album in my opinion yeah i totally agree i think it's um it should be mentioned more like along with like you know your incantations and your uh your deicides and stuff like that like when you talk about deicide like i think you should end up talking about this band too like they deserve to be mentioned more like that especially this album but like they do have a really awesome discography and like vincent crowley as like a musician like he's pretty like he's a hard-working guy i know that like i follow his page and like i've kept up to date with like his current project which is just like the vincent crowley band um it's probably not, I don't, maybe I don't enjoy it as much as this stuff, but it's still like, it's still cool to see that guy like making music and dedicated to his crap, you know? Yeah. And I, I just think, um, all their stuff is great. And I think it's, it's great too, because it is like, 
um, philosophically and spiritually like serious music, you know, like, you know, like this album is really getting into the kind of satanic, satanic Bible, Anton LaVey type of stuff. And, um, some of their later ones get a bit more into like Nietzschean philosophy, you know, like, um, and, uh, and then their, um, fucking blank on the name and then their last one before they they split up for a while is like they were got involved with the temple of the vampire which oh, is okay. like a shoot, offshoot of uh temp of the church of satan and um it's a really interesting like like um group that you know um and the that album uh let me look because i'm like I'm like uh, having one of those moments where I'm like blanking on the names, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I feel like I can see the cover in my head. Was it Cult they has? No, that's when they got back together. Um, okay, there's uh, one before that. Yeah, there's one before that. Here, uh, it's those who have risen. So, okay, gotcha. Yeah, those are like so, like you know, Rise of Black Mass, Lex Talonosis, Talonus, um, are both like very like satanic oriented, you know, yeah. and then you got like, um, Let me pull it up real quick so I can. Uh, then you got uh, Hail Victory and Anti God Antichrist that are very like kind of Nietzschean, and yeah, yeah. you know. And then you have Those Who Risen, which is the kind of Temple of the Vampire stuff, and gotcha. it's all about like that that um, mythology of that, which is dealing with like um, Tiamat and uh, and this kind of like draconian vampiric like current of spirituality. So, you know. Okay. Like they're like serious about this shit, you know, which I think. Oh yeah, for sure. I think which yeah. is is what attracts like what I like about them is that they're not like just, it's not just for show, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then and I mean their demos, as well, like the rights of the Black Mass demo and Mess Noir demo, like are very, you know, I've heard a lot of um, early black metal people are like really into really credit a lot of their demos and even this album this album came out in 92 you know so yep. pretty early on the year of my birth <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> see i fucking no, but yeah it's killer, man. yeah can't say enough good things about them no yeah yeah that's cool it's on your list too because yeah yeah i think uh and you know it's one of those albums that uh, you can listen to and they'll grow hair on your chest you know <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> um uh, what's so let's next? See. So that so was my six and your five. So, so my, my six. Five, no, my six. Your six. Yes. Okay. My six uh, is an um, album that I really had a hard time picking which album from this band because they're another band that has a really killer discography, but it's Asphyx. And I picked oh, yeah. their first album, The Rack. But oh, nice. I was really having a hard time because I, I think the albums they did when they got back together, like death the brutal way death hammer um incoming death like those albums are all just absolutely sick and i, I couldn't just couldn't pick between them so i just decided just all right i'm gonna go with the rack classic yep. you know what i mean it was the first one i got back in like the early 2000s you know like yeah yeah um but i definitely like they're you know i'm they did some albums their first two albums are really good the ones they did with martin van buren or his name is uh, the vocalist yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know when he left, I'm not as big into that era of Asphyx. They're still good, 
but those couple albums and then they split up and then they got back together with Martin for death, the brutal way. And everything they've released since then is just amazing. Like the production is perfect. Like they sound massive. You know, like when you listen to death hammer, it sounds fucking massive, but don't near me when death hammer comes on. (laughs) Yeah. It's I remember hearing that because I was like, cause they were a band that I hadn't listened to a lot. Sorry, my throat's very dry right now. Um, but then I saw that that came out, and like from the get-go, and he's like, "This is real death metal, you bastards." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then the riff kicks in. It was just like, "Holy shit!" Like, I don't think like I think <clears throat> Martin gets like he gets the credit that he deserves, but like I think he deserves even more. Like he's one of the best death metal vocalists ever. Yeah, and, like, I think his so. Voice is so. Like to the point that even like I hear like newer bands like Skeletal Remains and stuff now, and they're kind of like emulating him in their vocal styles. Yeah. Um, like he's super influential on like on like nowadays bands. Um, and yeah, like Asphyx is definitely like I think they're appreciated by lots, but I think they need to be talked about even more because they're like they're incredible. Yeah, and I mean the. Uh you know and like it all kind of started with the rack like and the rack does have like a especially dark feeling which is part of why i decided to go with that but that was mostly i would say it was either i had a really hard time choosing between death hammer and and incoming death and and the rack like those three albums i was like man i just i can't they're all just so fucking good i just can't pick like (laughs) you know what i mean like like um Maybe, maybe like I think Death Hammer is like their best sounding album. Like the production is like perfect. Yeah. Like the bass sounds like just heavy. And I think the thing with Asics is that they always had this, have this kind of, particularly on their newer stuff, it has this kind of like motorhead feeling, even when it doesn't sound like motorhead. Oh, yeah, it's just totally. like heavy bass and Martin's vocals kind of have a little bit of that, that Lemmy type of feeling to them, but a death metal, yeah. death metal Lemmy, you know, and, um, you know, like their stuff is very like, uh has a lot of that doom element as well and it's really crushing and dooming oh, yeah. and yeah when they you know, slow it down that's like they crush it's like, it it's like the best stuff like incoming death has the the last song on the album is uh death the only immortal which is like one of my favorite aspect songs of all time you know it's like and the rack has a bunch of really slow like um just you know crawl like these kind of heavy like slow songs and you know when they get fast they they don't get they get like motorhead fast they never get like they maybe have like a discharge type of beat or motorhead type of beat they don't get like they bar- rarely do blast beats it's like every once in a while you know yeah like, it's nothing over the top crazy which i think is like one of the coolest aspects about them like they can do that and not have to be flashy about it in any sort of way yeah and, and I, I, yeah i think that's like the best analogies they're like kind of like a death metal motorhead yeah yeah and they just like they just like super heavy and um yeah i think um i definitely like definitely one of the types of death metal that i'm a big fan of is just kind of like barbaric like primitive death metal shit you know like aspects and they do it well because they write really good songs you know yeah totally the most recent one too i really liked i remember liking that one from is it 2021 i think yeah 2020 yeah, I think it was 2021. 2021. Yeah, because they yeah, recorded yeah. during. That was uh, great too. Anytime they put out a record, I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that album came out. Uh, I think they recorded it during quarantine in 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and because uh, I listened to a bunch of interviews with Martin, like when it, like around when it came out. Yeah. So. And he's yeah, a cool guy to talk to too. Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty like uh, pretty chill. Like uh, very smart dude. Yeah. I'd love to see Asics live, but I don't think it's gonna happen unless I go to Europe. <laughs> they came. They did another edition of the Quebec Death Fest, and I'm just like, fuck. Why does Montreal have to be far away? Like. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's at least three hours from here and i'm just like i can't i can't do a three hour for a festival and be up all day and then i'd be falling asleep at the wheel by the time the show was over <laughs> yeah you'd have to stay stay the night probably i probably would have yeah but oh well yeah i'm sure yeah. i'll catch him soon. so yeah asterix another band that people need to listen to so i guess we're oh, um now it's your five my five uh my five is molesting the decapitated by devourment um chris garza from suicide silence called them the most brutal band on the planet um or the heaviest band on the planet sorry um and like that's pretty it's a pretty good statement um devourment are like the ultimate and i think in brutal death metal like there's certain bands that i really really enjoy but like devourment's kind of one of those ones that you gravitate towards um this particular record like everything about it is offensive it's extreme it's gross uh, um but it's like it's it's so well executed and there's not enough good things that i can say about like like from the get-go they have i, I don't know which serial killer it is uh but like the intro is super eerie and then it goes into like the first song and then it's just like unrelenting for like 30 minutes and it's just like like the blast beats and everything all over it the riffs um <laughs> and they're like unapologetically offensive and right. it definitely like helped carve like their way into like the extreme metal world i think and i mean the cover even though it's disgusting it's it's iconic too i don't know i don't know if you know the cover um uh, i don't know i never heard devourment let me look oh you haven't heard devourment so no, I, I forget the guy's name, but it's actually a photo. Uh, the same guy who did Pungent Stench, Been Caught Buttering. I forget the artist's name. It's like Joseph something. Um, Let's see. But it's, just this, it's this chubby dude with no head, and they show his crotch. And oh, yeah. I've seen this cover. Yeah. 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 Molesting the Decapitated. And okay. You know, I probably wouldn't have been caught dead listening to something like that when I was still living in, in with my parents at home. <laughs> they would have been like, what the fuck is this? But yeah, I, I can't help but enjoy like they're one of the most brutal bands out there, but they do it like so well. Like it's not just like chug, chug, slug, chant, slam, slam, slam. It's just it's well executed, brutal death metal. Right. Um, and that's why I love it. It's funny because, yeah, I have seen that cover, but I never listened to them. But I've definitely seen that cover in magazines. Or something. They're, they're like super brutal. Like I know it would be an acquired taste um, for certain people. And it's like, especially the earlier stuff, it's kind of like inaudible, like that, like really deep guttural. Um, but I really enjoy like, especially with the musicianship, it's just like, it's some of the most brutal stuff you'll ever hear, you know? Right. And it's, I enjoy it. So nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to add about my list of stuff to check out. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah, so my five was Akron, right? A black mass. So, I guess I'll do my number four. Yep. So, my number four is Immolation with Close to the World Below. 
Nice. And um, so, again, a band that I had a hard time choosing. Um, it was actually really between this one and the new one, actually, surprisingly, like Acts of God. But oh, I, yeah. I end up going with Close to World Below because it's the one that, you know, for the past, like, whatever, like, 15 years or whatever has been an album that uh, I go back to the most, probably. Um, I think it has some of them like um really good song like the songwriting is really good on like you know father not a father and stuff like that you know what i mean like um real catchy songwriting but it's really like dissonant and it's one it's also an album where i can really hear the influence of immolation on like you know despot omega and aosoth and all that kind of dissonant black metal stuff you know yeah, definitely. Like this album in particular, I can really hear that influence on a lot of modern black metal stuff, you know. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. and of course that 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 influence goes both ways because you know, uh, Immolation Tour of a lot of black metal bands and stuff, and you know their new album had a lot of elements that reminded me of black metal, you know. So it's like oh, definitely, yeah. I think I blur that line perfectly. Yeah, like and they're one of the bands that I think like would be perfect like with any band. Like you could put them on tour with Marduk you can put them on tour with cannibal corpse you know like, yeah exactly they blur that line perfectly um there was a there was a black metal band back in the day called uh adverse safira and they toured with immolation a lot and and I, there's oh, actually I know them, yeah. yeah there's actually an interview i've seen of ross from immolation where he's wearing an adverse safira shirt and stuff like and you can definitely yeah. see Isn't the cannibal corpse documentary yeah I it think? is yeah it is yeah, yeah and yeah. um and uh you know like um I don't, I don't know if Adverse Saphira are even around anymore, but, you know, their albums are really sick, and they're definitely one of those bands that you can really hear the the emulation influence. And I feel like because they're friends and they toured a lot, I think their stuff kind of rubbed off an emulation a lot, too. You know what I mean? Like, I know I know they broke up, and I heard, because um, I dabble on the Heavy Hole podcast, um, their guitar player or bassist, I forget which one it was, ended up joining Imprecation, which is oh, okay. another band that kind of like, they look like their covers would look like a black metal band, but they're definitely like. They're more dead, yeah. They got yeah, they're more death metal, metal but yeah. they're definitely like black metal influenced, yeah. So he yeah. ended up joining that band after Abrisapura stopped being a band. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like Imprecation, they're a good band. I think uh, Nuka now puts their shit out, so like. Yeah, they had a great album last year. I just didn't get to listen to it enough. Yeah, me too, yeah. Uh, I'm always a I'm a fan of pretty much anything Nucor now to, uh, puts out. So yeah, oh, yeah. love that. Label. Yeah, uh, to me they're like the best United States like label, you know, metal label. Oh yeah, like, yeah. And um, yeah, that's where I got my my Barrett hoodie from them. And this is like yeah, the best. Yeah. This, this is like the best hoodie like ever. You know, I've gotten like because I I, I also oh, yeah, yeah 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 I like the Hell's Headbangers hoodies as well, but. Something like, like you know, I've ha- I have like a few Hell's Headbangers hoodies, like the Incantation, and um, I have one for Pseudo God, and whatnot. And unfortunately, the Hell's Headbangers ones, the zippers break. Uh, oh shit! Pretty know. easily, yeah. So yeah, I have like, some of their. I had some of their um, like T-shirts and stuff. I never ordered a hoodie from there yet. Yeah, I mean I'll the hoodies. I'll go, I'll go nuclear war now then. Yeah, I mean the problem with Nuclear now is they don't really release hoodies as often. Like, yeah, there's a good, better selection on Hell's Headbangers, but definitely, you know, and they're good quality. Like the rest of the thing, you know, holds up, but the the zipper does have a tendency to break. But you know, I still will buy stuff from Hell's Headbangers. Like, you know, they're I think they're one of the other best like 
labels in the United States, and um, they have a really good selection. That's where I usually go to buy shirts because it's like they have oh, the they best. Have like a, they have like a million. <laughs> yeah, they have the best selection. Yeah, like yeah. particularly like if you want to get some of the classics, like they're the best place to go. Like, oh yeah, you know, if you want to get a Burzum shirt or something, like it's good to go on Hellside Bangers. Yeah. But uh, Newcore now, like, if you they have a hoodie that you want to get, like, it's good to get because they're also like screen printed and they're like high quality and you know. Yeah. But um, yeah. But uh, so yeah, simulation. You know, like, there. I think Emulation is like definitely one of my favorite death metal bands. You know, it's like I maybe I don't listen to them as much as some other bands, but uh, in the sense that like, you know, their music's a little like dense, so it's like they're not really like they're like they're not. You know, I might, some of the other bands on my list I might listen to more, but I think Emulation are one of the best American death metal bands, hands down. You know. Oh, for sure. So. Yeah, without a doubt. Um. Excellent. So now let's see. My four, right? Yeah. Uh. Number four. Yeah. It's your four now. Environment, which is five. So yeah, my number four is Chronic Corpora Infest by Discord Mexico. Um do you know who Discord Mexico are? Is it is it Discord from Mexico? Is that what you're saying? It's Discord, but they're from Mexico. So there's Discord from the US who did like you know cranial impalement and records like that. Uh she lay gutted. And then there's Discord from Mexico who are right. more like they're more I mean, I guess some people will call them gore grind, but I don't really think so. Like, they're definitely like death metal with like a black metal influence too. Um, and this record in particular, I guess their debut. Um, yeah, it's like that raw, primitive black metal that you know that we've been talking about this whole time. Like, um, the first, the first few, I want to say like the first three at least. Uh, there's this one. There's one called Forensic, like sick, S-I-C-K. Yeah. Forensic, which is like the cover on that is kind of like, oh my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I just looked at it. Oh, you seen it? Yeah. <laughs> I just looked it up just now. I was just, I'm on their metal archives. I'm like, oh, okay. And then Necrolicos. They have Antimo, their front man on that, is like the epitome of like what I think it is to be like a death metal front man. Like if you go, I should send you the link after. Um, if you type in Discord Mexico, um full oz show it's them this live show and it's like it's what i think like every death metal man should aspire to like have in like a live show like and timo's out there shirtless he's a bigger dude but like it doesn't matter he's got like the spikes on his arms like carrie king style but like he looks more badass uh real blood poured on himself right they literally have like pieces of meat hanging from like meat hooks <laughs> on the stage oh, shit. <laughs> And he's talking in like he's uh, it's in Mexico, right? So he's like he's like oh Mexico and whatever. But like it's one of the best performances. That's like my favorite death metal performance of all time. It's insane. Um, and this record especially, like they do a lot of songs from this one, and like from front to back, like I, don't ask me to name like any of the the, the titles. The songs yeah, are really like, funny names. <laughs> no, I know, right? They're like like medical terms that I can't like, pronounce. Like gribbled, magnetized, pregnant inside into a fetid renal sarna. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I know. <laughs> but like when you listen to it, it's like it's just badass. Like, like the vile sores and 
your your ticariothrosism glass decrepitance <laughs> rancid bowel sarcoma <laughs> actually actually that's one of the best parts of that that show is he just goes up to the mic and he's like rancid bowel sarcoma and he's just like it's so bad and like there's one part where he stops and he's like getting the crowd pumped up and you can see the blood's kind of like drying off and he's literally like steam rising off him because they're in like this like small sweaty like mexican club and he takes like this cup of blood and he just pours more blood on himself and he's just like ah that's funny <laughs> and it's like i'm laughing about it now but when you see it you're like holy shit like this is amazing like this guy uh, like, this guy's on the wall at that show would have been crazy so i love that record for that reason like you take like the influence of that record and then you put it with that live show it's like amazing it's right. why every death metal band should aspire to like aesthetically be visually everything about it is awesome so yeah, that's ex- my extreme as fuck yeah, oh, uh, yeah mexico has a lot of good bands and um I remember what was it there's that one band that does like lovecraftian death metal from mexico that's like old and i'm like blanking on their name uh i have to think about it they're like there's this band that does like lovecraft like themed like death metal from mexico from like the 90s oh, it's like shit, super yeah. sick you know what it might even be affiliated with antimo their front man because you put out uh an ep frick i forget they were called castle umbra maybe it's not them but they put out an ep called cthulhu Fatagan or whatever the the call is from the story. Fatagan uh, or yeah, no, it's not the one of bands that he was. Oh wait, let me see. That's wrong guy. Antimo. Let me see. I know the name when I see oh, it. Oh no, no, yeah. Uh, no, it's not the one I'm thinking of. Although they they are involved with a band that is really sick. Um, is this the one? Is this the band? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. These guys are also in a band that I like a lot called uh, Hakavitz. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, some of the guys... And they're still active, too, yeah. Yeah, and Hakavitz is really sick, like, uh, Aztec black metal. Like, really, really good. Like, I had this album, uh, I guess, album Cartoon uh, for review back in the day, and it's really good. Like, their stuff's really cool, like, kind of thrashy you know black metal all about aztec and satanism basically it's cool yeah yeah he's killer like he's just a prolific musician in that world um it's cool that he's still making music like you you could do a deep dive just on his discography and like just be entranced by like all the stuff that he's done like from his eps to the stuff that he did with disgorge to hackovitz and stuff so. yeah yeah i was listening to hackovitz last summer because i yeah. was like uh reading like Aztec mythology and stuff. And I was like, oh, I should listen to Hakovitz. Like, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Cool. Yeah. So let's see. So it'll be my number three now. Cause you just yep. did your four, right? So yes. yep. we got, we got off because of the background, but um, so oh, my number, good. my number three, um, is an album that some, I mean, I think it's more death metal, but it's uh, my dying bride as the flower withers. Okay. Yeah. Because nice. they're, they're their debut album. And uh, yeah. because that album is, it's most, you know, it's Death Doom, but it's mostly death metal. There's like, you know, half the album is just straight death metal. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. you know, like obviously like Turn Loose to Swans is more of a straight Doom metal, you know, with a couple of death metal parts. But like, um, 
as a flower withers is definitely like a, a death doom album like the early my dying bride is like you know very similar to a lot of incantation where it's got these heavy parts with the keyboards and you know they just kind of took it another step a little bit step further with like the kind of melodic guitar parts you know in parts that and yeah um, like uh but i think i really love the early my dying bride like i mean i love all my dying bride like I haven't listened to them as much in the last few years, but um, there was a period where they were definitely like my favorite band. Like I just listened to them all the time, like for a long oh, yeah, time. For sure. And, yeah. um, you know, when I first got into black metal, I kind of got into death doom and funeral doom around the same time. And I got this album and, um, you know, it's been like a real favorite of mine ever since, like for, you know, 20 years or whatever. So it's like, uh, um, and I was thinking about it, like, at first I didn't have it on my list, but then I, I thought about it more and I was like, the other day, I was like, you know, this album, because I was listening to Incantation, and I was like, they have a lot, you know, a lot of these Doom parts. And I was like, so I was thinking, you know, fucking As the Flower Withers is equally as, you know, just as much death metal and Doom as a Incantation. So I was like, I think this counts. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. It's got a ton of death metal on it, you know? Like I said, yeah. like half the album is just straight death metal, you know? Oh, yeah, and they crush. Their and, earlier uh, stuff crushes like that, yeah. And the fucking Aaron's vocals back then, like his death metal vocals were like, I think his death metal vocals on this album and the, their EPs is some of the best death metal vocals ever done. You know, like oh, they're, yeah. perf- they're like perfect death metal vocals, you know, like, yeah. um, I mean, he stopped doing them for a while after uh, when they did like Angel in the Dark River. Um, and then he came back to doing harsh vocals. And, you know, I like his newer harsh vocals as well, but they're not quite as crushing as the stuff as like he did on As the Flower Withers. Like, yeah. they are, like, quintessential what I want for death metal vocals, like, very, like, deep, and they're not, like, guttural. Like, they're clear, you know? Like, you can tell what yeah, he's saying. Know what you, mean. Yeah. you know, they got that kind of manly, like, kind of feeling like you get a background, but they're a little bit more, like, gross-sounding background, you know? Like, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. So that's my number three. So what's your number three? Number three, I've got DSI Once Upon the Cross. Nice. Um, like we were saying before, like you could pick any of the first three, I think. Um, this was just the one that I tend to like go to the most. <coughs> Sorry. Right. Um, but yeah, like this was the one like... <clears throat> I think they're the children of the underworld is like probably my favorite deicide song. Right. Um, this record as a whole, like it, like as soon as it starts with that intro, like, you know, you're in for a wild ride and then it just doesn't let up for the entire time. Yeah, and definitely. It's, it's like catchy death metal, um, unapologetic with, you know, kill the Christian and songs like that. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just think it's like uh, overall, like if I was going to show somebody like what it is to be like a death metal band or like what's death metal, like I would, this would be one of the records that I would play them first, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I just, I, I love it. Like I love all of their, a lot of their stuff. Like I know that kind of like midpoint in their discography, they kind of fizzled and, and whatnot. And people are like Hoffman brother elitists and they're like, well, do you sucks now? Cause the Hoffman's aren't in it. And it's like, whatever, man. Like, Deicide is Glenn and Steve, and some of the best songwriting that those guys ever did was on this record, I think, for sure. So that's why I picked that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I like 
I, I liked the last DSI album pretty good. You know, like I think yeah. that, you know, uh, there's parts of their discog. Like I think the album that I don't really like is the one they wrote about his like divorce. You know. Yeah. What is it? Uh, um, let me look at that. Look them up real quick. Uh, the. Uh, uh, me, I'm pulling it up now. Um, Till death do us part. Like, right. I just, I just didn't, I don't know. Like, that album's not bad, but I was just kind of like, you know, it's an album about your divorce, basically. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you kind of, yeah, you're going from like Satanism to that. It was kind of a weird step, but and, and it's I like, get it why you want to it. Yeah, it's like it's like more like melodic and stuff as well. You know, it's like yeah. Well, Ralph uh, Santola was on that record still too, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, that was his last record with them. Uh, yeah, Ralphson Toll was on that one. Yeah, so he does a lot of this kind of like real like melodic leads. So uh, I need to go back to it because I haven't listened to too much. I've, I was like a little too like melodic for me back in the day. I was kind of like, what is going on with DSI? Like with this, but uh, I mean, Central yeah. Redemption has some of those that as well because Ross uh, Ralph was in that band that album as well. Yeah, but I do like Central Redemption a lot, and um, you know, yeah, I like, like it more than that one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like it more. And like I said, I have friends who really like Scars of the Crucifix, and that's one I need to go back and and uh, uh, get back into. I think I need to, you know, swing back and listen to it again. Um, Scars is cool, and that was the last one with the Hoffmans too. So like, I understand why people are like kind of purity like about that. Um, uh, and but like, I think on every Deicide record, there's like a series of like succession of songs that are like one catchy one after the other even on like that death do us part like there's a lot of catchy parts on it yeah um, definitely and i think like once upon the cross is like one of the perfect examples of like how to write a catchy death metal record you know and there's not like i think especially nowadays um that's kind of like lost in death metal like writing like a hook but also remain being like brutal at the same time you know yeah, I think that that's, to me, that's what that's what sets the best death metal from the kind of mediocre or okay or, you know, just good. Like, the, like to go from good to great in death metal, it requires catchy songwriting, you know? Like, don't care how, like, brutal you want to be or something, you got to have riffs that people can latch on to, you know? And, yeah. um, and, you know, unless you're going straight, like, power violence stuff where it's just, like, supposed to be, like unpleasant to listen to you know i mean there is something in that as well but uh you know for death metal i prefer the stuff that's got like some killer songwriting and definitely dsi have always been like good at that and you know i think i think once upon a cross like is an album like where if somebody was new to death metal that would i would probably actually choose that one over the first two even though the first two were the ones i picked for my list you know because i think yeah. once for the cross upon a cross is like it's a little bit more, I think people who don't know death metal could get into it. You know what I mean? Like in a way, you know, it's kind of like them. Like they really found their footing on that record. I think. Yeah. Like, like, you were saying, like the first, like the self-titled, it was kind of still had like that thrash element. The second one, it was like, it still had that, but then they were kind of like really honing in on the death metal craft. And then like, I think once upon the cross was like, we're deicide, we're a death metal band. And this is how we write our songs. Yeah. yeah, it was really like it was pretty bold, you know. 
Yeah, I think once upon a cross is where Deicide was like, we found Deicide, you know, this is our sound, yeah. like that we're, you know, it's like kept throughout pretty much everything for the most part, you know, it's like, yeah. And I mean, I think Serpents of the Light is a good album too. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I think that album is good. Oh, totally. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was looking I at even it. like, uh, what's the one called? Um, is it In Hell I Burn? Uh, let me see. So we no, uh, we got we got in, incinerate him is the one after Serpents of Light, in torment and hell. In torment and hell, I like that one too. And people yeah. don't like in torment and hell. Yeah, that's the one that that most people seem to talk shit about. Like um, and uh, yeah, I, I like it. it. I, and I like it. that he puts a uh, Bob Larson intro at the beginning too. Yeah, like, where he's trolling him. <laughs> I'm looking at their discography. I'm like, I think I like pretty much. I can I can listen to everything. DSI's released like there's nothing that they've released that I'm like oh this sucks you know what I mean there's some albums yeah. like Scars of the Crucifix and whatnot that Dormant Hell you know some of these other ones that I haven't listened to as much say as the first ones but I still think they're all good like there's no there's not they haven't released an album where I'm like fuck that I'm not gonna listen to that album sucks you know like they never released yeah, like exactly. a you know uh, one of those kind of albums in my in my opinion Personally. They've never had a Chris Barnes moment. No, they never. <laughs> they never released a, a cover of back, 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 back in black. <laughs> uh, but they did have. Um, they did Black Knight by Deep Purple on Stench of Redemption. This yeah. bonus track. But it actually, it actually I didn't even. Good. I didn't even know that was a fucking Deep Purple song when uh, I first yeah. heard it. It's actually a pretty good cover. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, you know, I love yeah, that. it's good. I mean. Yeah. Like, but yeah, they didn't cover a whole, you know, ACDC album and, and the crap, like crappily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll end up talking about Barnes at some point near the end here. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So was that your number three? Yeah. That was my number three. Yeah. So my number two, so my number two is Incantation and I picked Morbid Throne of Nazarene. Nice. Or, you know, Mortal Throne, sorry. Mortal Throne, yeah. Yep. Uh, Mortal Throne. There, so I was actually, again, Incantation, very hard. You know, they're my second favorite death metal band of all time. I like everything they've done. I had a hard time uh, deciding, man, what should I do? Like, what, what album should I do? You know, I was like thinking about it and I was like going through their discovery. I was like, you know, the first three albums in particular are all like fucking like perfect, perfect. Like, uh, Diabolical Conquest, their third album is like really, really good, you know. Um, they, but I was like, and of course, like more, more, uh, Onward to Golgotha, I think is, uh, is it's a classic, you know, like we were talking about. Like, I love yeah. that album as well, you know. Um, I, you know, I even really love like The Infernal Storm, which I know John doesn't like so much, but I think it's a really good album, you know. Um, but I decided to go with more Mortal Throne and Nazarene because um, uh, I was primarily tied between that and our Golgotha. I picked on Mortal Throne because it because I think the songwriting for me is a little bit better on it, and I think I like the I the doom elements uh, that are a bit more pronounced on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, like the last song, Abolishment of Immaculate Serenity. You know, is like this heavy like eight minute long like song or you got like the ibex moon which is a fucking sick song you know 
Um, still play that live too, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Demonic, Incarnate. Like there's just a lot of songs on here that I just really love. And and of course, you know, like, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it was really between that one and Onward Golgotha, but I picked this one because of that, those reasons. Because um, I, I was like, one of my favorite things about Incantation is the Doom side of them or to have this Doom songs. And uh, and this is the album that really brought that in the forefront because Onward Golgotha has some doomy moments, but they don't have it doesn't, it's not as doomy as this one, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, there's also the Upon the Throne of Apocalypse version of the album, which okay, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't really I don't really understand the point of that because it's, I mean it's yeah. a different production, you know. I get it. Like, um, I don't think even Incantation like they didn't they didn't want that released. Like the label just released it. Like without even oh. consulting them, yeah. Um, like because the guys at Earache for some, or yeah, or no, uh, Relapse rather, they liked that product, that sound. And it's like, oh, just release it. But you know, they like flipped the, they inverted the song order, which is really weird. So you're starting off with this like yeah. heavy song, you know, like eight minute long like doom song. You know, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, and I mean, I don't really get it because I mean, yeah, the 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 different sound is 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 good but i still think moral throne sounds better you know i like it better personally so i think again it's as crushing as onward to golgotha like just like fucking you know one of the best some of the best defo productions ever done oh yeah for sure like a nice one-two punch like yeah back to back like like dsi and legion you got golgotha and mortal throne like Exactly. And, and again, yeah. it's kind of a similar thing where, oh, well, I mean, I mean, they came out fully formed, like, you know, our Golgotha is pretty fully formed incantation, but I feel like Mortal Throne is where they really like solidified their sound and added the doom elements and whatnot. And, you know, yeah. uh, but I have to say, though, like, like Profane Nexus and Dirges of Elysium are as good as these albums, if not better in some ways. But, you know, I think it's, oh, totally. I think it kind of comes down to like, uh, time you spent with album i spent like 20 years with mortal throne you know what i mean like in honor yeah. to golgotha like and not as long as these newer ones so yeah for sure so that's why, why i picked that yeah. one excellent so you're number two number two i've got dying fetus stop at nothing um I made an appreciation post for this album not too long ago on my uh instagram page my razor reader page um, and like I was listening to it one day and I'm like, you know what? This is my favorite Dying Fetus record, I think. Like, I know it's not them, like the way they are now is like a three piece. Like this is when they were four piece still, but they're, they are a band with like, like a perfect discography, I think again, too, like from when they, like any sort of member change and, and whatnot. <laughs> but like as a whole, I think Stop at Nothing is just like, I don't know. It's like that, again, it's like a flowing record, like from the first song to the end. It's like what I deem to be is like almost a perfect death metal record. Um, and like to me, one shot, one kill, that song alone is just like, <laughs> it's perfect. You know what I mean? Mm. As, a, as a death metal song, it's kind of like that staple song for them next to like i know they have like other songs that have become staples in their set now but like that's like one of the one of the ones that like i always go to when i feel like i'm in a death metal mood i'll put on one shot one kill and this record like 
Dying Fetus are like one of those iconic bands, I think, like where they can do no wrong, you know? And even just now they're just putting out like singles right now, which is making me want like a new record from them. But um, they can they can really do no wrong. And I think on Stop It Nothing, it really showcases like them at almost like their best, you know? Even though like every record is, is almost like their best, you know? So Right. I, yeah. I'll admit that I'm not really a big fan of Dying Fetus personally, so like Uh-oh. i'll take your word for it <laughs> <laughs> like i don't hate them or nothing lads never got oh, yeah, into them sure. you know and yeah like, well me and jackie will have to stick you to the docks <laughs> <laughs> i know you guys are all about dying fetus uh, yeah no i like he and i have talked about it like offline and stuff just like gush over them um definitely like their newer stuff like if you go to rain supreme that record too i think it was a toss-up between that one and this one for me um i just picked this one just because uh it's a little bit more raw, um, but Rain Supreme, like production-wise, songwriting-wise, like it's just it's flawless guitar work, um, great vocals, and it's cool having the dynamic of like different vocalists because it's not just like their guttural guy John Gallagher doing his gutturals and then and then that's it. Like um, on this one, they have I think it's three uh, their bass player and their other guitar player that was in the band at the time, um, and then on Rain Supreme, it's john and sean their bass player um back and forth doing vocals too and they have different styles so it's like a cool juxtaposition of vocals um and it really makes the band what they are you know so yeah i always always dig that when when bands you know wear vocals like that or whatnot i I think it sounds cool yeah i'll have to i'll have to um give uh dying fetus more of a chance like uh i tried to listen to him a while ago and it just didn't really like do it for me so much you know so it's like but I'm always willing to uh, to give bands a shot, you know. So <laughs> yeah, if you go with Rain Supreme, I think that's a good one. And it's yeah. like a little more modern, a little better production. It's kind of like a staple for them, I think, now too. Like a lot of those songs, they go to live as well. Yeah, so I'll have to, that I'll was like, check. I want to check this one out. You're you're um you're talking about too, because uh, yep. You know, I might actually like the one that's a bit more raw myself. So this was my, whatever. Yeah, their earlier stuff is definitely like, it's cool. And like they have, um, not on this one, but one of their earlier records. Um, it's cool hearing John tell the story about like why they wrote the song, but it's called Kill Your Mother, Rape Your Dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's like, he told it on this metal injection show that they did. And uh, it was basically kind of like they wrote it as like a fuck you to like kids that, we're judging them in like school and stuff. And they're like, Oh, you listen to that fucking kill your mother, rape your dog kind of fucking music. So they just like, yeah, we're going to write a song called kill your mother, rape your dog. Fuck you. This yeah. is what we like. This is what we like. <laughs> and that's, that's become another staple too, you know? Right. But I, I love that tenacity with them and stuff. You know, they've just, they're unapologetic and they, they make some of the most brutal music around, but it's, it's technically precise. It's well executed. And like, there's hooks and stuff for days on there, so right? It's easy to get into. Yeah, I have to give more <laughs> more of a shot. Like, um, I never really been in the like brutal death metal too much, so it's like, um, I I don't know. It was a year or two ago, I actually was like, uh, checked out. Like, you know, I never really was like too into suffocation, for example. Like, and then yeah. um, like a few years ago, I like was like gave them a shot, and I, I liked it better, you know than I did back in the day, but so you'll have to give uh dying fetus a uh, chance as well. Definitely. The, uh, let's see. Oh, my number one. So my number, one, number is, one. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, nice. well, 
Yeah, I think we are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You see number two. So my number one is the album that really got me into death metal for real, and that's Morbid Angel. Blessed are the sick. Nice. So Morbid Love Angel it. are my favorite death metal band, and um, you know, uh, with the exception of one kind of mediocre album, they they've only released that quality stuff. You know. Yep. Yeah. We won't. We, there's the album that we will not meant. We will not name, but. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I heard it on another podcast. I was just listening to it, and they called it something hilarious. It was like something, uh, elude up Uranus or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like pissing myself laughing in my. I was listening to it at work, and I was just like, "Oh my god, that's the best!" <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, um, I saw someone share it too. According to Spotify, that's like one of their top stream records. That elude. Elude divinum in your anus. How is that one of their best streams? Probably, probably it's hate listens. Like you know, where people are like, you got to listen to how shitty this is, and so they listen probably, to it. You yeah. know what I mean? I guess like, that's the only thing that makes sense. But uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, one thing I will say, uh, I did go back and listen to this like a year or two ago, and there are yeah. a couple songs on it that are actually okay, but. Yeah. That I think that got overshadowed by the the train wreck that is some of the other songs, you know? Yeah. There's actually a couple, but I think they made up for it with Kingdom Sustained. Like I think the album's sick, so I think but, yeah, um, I think it was just them not seeing eye to eye with each other and David wanted to do one thing and what, what was to... what was cool is I got to see them when David was in the band and um Yeah. And they it was they did they were touring for Covenant. Like they oh, did nice. a covenant like tour because it was like the anniversary for that album or something like the twenty year anniversary okay. for that or something or, yeah. or no it had been thirty year anniversary I think because um yeah. I saw it, it was like two thousand thirteen and um fucking uh, which was this absolute sick show and Dave Vincent sounded even better now than he did like back on the albums in some ways okay. it was yeah. really good and they played the covenant. They did like two sets. They played Covenant, and then they played a second set where they did like everything. Like they played stuff off of Gateways to Annihilation. Um, they played stuff off of you know all the albums. They kind of did this thing where they did the Covenant album, and then they did a kind of second set where they basically worked their way through their backwards through their career. So they did stuff off of Gateways, oh, nice. and then they did stuff off of dominion domination sorry and they did stuff off of blessed or sick and alters of madness and everything which was really cool so um it was a really killer show and um yeah so and that's the thing with marvin angel another band was kind of hard you know it's a little hard it was you know they have you know covenant domination gateways annihilation or i think three of the greatest definite albums ever made. You know what I mean? But I, oh, yeah, totally. as well as that's Blessed. why they're not on my list. Cause I just couldn't pick one. And then, but then <laughs> it you was got, like impossible. But then you got alters of madness, blessed are the sick. But the reason I picked blessed are the sick is just because apparently it's, it was really the death metal album that got me into death metal, like getting blessed are the sick and listening to it. Like was the one that was like my, like that key opening where I'm like, Oh, I like death metal actually. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like even more. Like I liked it before, but that was when it got me into like, oh, I need to listen to more stuff. Like, and so I swung back, you know, and listened to more Deicide and listened to other stuff, you know, and it was like, um, and uh, yeah, I just think, it, and it, I think it's one of their it's one of the catchiest albums. You got songs like um, 
Fall from Grace, you know, which I think is one of the best death metal songs of all time, you know. Yeah. Um, and the song Blessed Are the Sick is a sick song, like, and um, just the whole vibe of it, the atmosphere, the feeling of it, like, it's just uh, pretty much the only complaint I have is that the drum sound is a little weird, you know, like, yeah. but overall, yeah. like, I love the album, like, I just think it's a perfect album, and and particularly, like, if you look at, like, Alters of Madness and Blessed Are the Sick, you got this one-two punch of fucking just, like, it does still have little, those little elements of that kind of thrash, black thrash type of stuff like they had did on Abomination's yeah. Desolation, you know? But, uh, yeah. and Abomination's is a great album, too. It's definitely more of a straight black metal album, in my opinion. Like, I think, yeah, for sure. I think yeah. the... Dave Vincent's vocals kind of help change it to more death metal. And then obviously on Blessed Are the Sick is actually a bit more death metal, I think, than Alders Madness. Like, yeah. Um, but, um, you know, they're just like, they're like one of, one of the, you know, one best bands ever, in my opinion. Like, they're just like on top, un, unstoppable, you know, like back then in the early 90s. Like, and I just love like the whole like aesthetic that they had going on. Like, you know, they were, you know, where you had these other bands that were like, you know, wearing Hawaiian shorts or whatever, like, but, you know, Morbid Angel was like a black metal band, like, with like, they're like, you know, denim and leather and fucking, you know, half naked women, yeah. like, and you know what I mean? Like, just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like they're like straight up like occult and satanic and seemed kind of pretty serious about it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, totally. Like, those and, band photos are badass. Yeah. Yeah, so much like Akron. And like perfect, you know, perfect hair too, I must yeah. say. The funny, <laughs> the funny thing is when I saw Morbid Angel, they had like fans so that the fans could blow their hair like oh, when they're nice. playing. <laughs> it was so funny, like because like they're playing and their hair is like blowing in this wind, like while they're performing. It was so fun. It was like it was kind of sick though, like you know, like. No, it's cool looking. Yeah, done right. That looks cool on stage. Yeah, like they yeah. Uh, they killed it, you know and. There's just like a kind of like, you know, it's just it's just sick. Like, and I mean, Covenant is a, is a perfect album. Domination's a perfect album. Like, you know, like, and there are not huge, huge band for black metal as well. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how many black metal bands I've heard that straight up. I mean, like, there's riffs on um, particularly like um, Do Domination and uh, Formula Fatal of the Flesh that I feel like Emperor like just straight up ripped off on like their later oh, stuff. Yeah. You know, like there's riffs on fucking Prometheus and whatnot there where it's just like you're like Ishan's literally just ripping off Morbid Angel, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> And somebody was like, What are you talking about? And I was like, Here, listen. So I threw played them the song on Domination and played them the Emperor song, like, oh yeah, they he just literally just ripped off Morbid Angel. <laughs> you know what I kept hearing too last year because I was listening to that new Septic Flesh, that song Neuromancer that they do. You take Neuromancer and you put it with Where the Slime Live. It's like it's that same slow like down, 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 down. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I didn't get that out of my head. I'm like, man, this is totally more of an angel, but I like it. You know, like yeah. it's it's not that close, but it's close enough where you're like, yeah, this is totally where the slime lives. Which is probably my favorite morbid song. That's a great song. They played that when I saw them live. Like, oh, that's killer. I love that. And yeah, that was cool. That and it was cool hearing. Um, like I like um. I like uh, Eric, um, was it um, Steve Tucker's vocals, you know, in Gateway's Annihilation, yeah. but it was really sick hearing Dave Vincent do summoning redemption and stuff like that. Like it was like very killer. Mm -hmm. 
Like so that's like one of my favorite songs too, is summoning redemption off of gateways. You know? Yeah. I love gateways. I love gateways, domination, uh, and blessed are the sick. I think those are my three, my three big ones, but I, I did love, I don't know. I heard some people that didn't like kingdoms disdain. I thought it was great. Yeah. I think it's a great album. Like, yeah, there's a lot of groove on it. Super heavy. Steve Tucker is just like a beast. Yeah. On vocals. I liked it. I like, thought it was a good album. Other people are like, I've heard some people talk trash about it. And I'm like, well, it's better than the one they put out before. <laughs> so there's sometimes where can't complain that much. Yeah. There's sometimes where, here's something that, that happens in the metal scene that, that frustrates me is that if a band releases one album that people don't like, and then say the next album, they, they do a good album. It takes like a huge, it take, it, like there's a part of the uh, metal population that will still talk shit about the band, even though they released a good album. And I think it's because they, I don't even think they listened to the album. You know what I mean? I think they're just like oh, yeah, talking yeah. shit. Like they're like, they didn't even yeah. bother listening to Kingdoms of Standards. Like, oh, they're just going to talk shit or whatever. Like, cause that's happened even to so many bands. Band. Yeah. You know, like, and it'll take you Metallica all the time, I think, you know, yeah. like, Obviously, Metallica is not going to capture, you know, what they did and like on, on like something like that was mass appealing, like the Black Album or something. But like, there's a lot of cool moments on a lot of their more later records, um, and I think people just talk trash on it because, like, you know, obviously Death Magnetic, yeah, the production this and blah 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 blah. But like, just because everyone hated Saint Anger so much, it feels like they get a bad rap ever since, you know. Right. And I think there's a lot of like cool moments still. And like the new one too. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of great moments on that one. You know? Well, well and the thing, the, the general trend of what I see when it happens is, is, um, it'll take fans like two or three albums to like figure out that, oh, this band's actually doing good stuff. Like that happened to Paradise Lost. You know, they did Host, oh, which yeah. was like electronic. And then, and then, you know, they got, I love. you know, yeah, I love it too. But, you know, um, they got heavier, you know, they started getting heavier again, you know, with their, their following two albums. And then, you know, their self-titled album Paradise Lost was like kind of a return more to like the older sound in a lot of ways. And, um, but people didn't really get on that train with Paradise Lost again until like faith, become faith divides us, you know, like yeah. that was when people, or even like, um, tragic idol, like, and then people are like, oh, wow, like Paradise Lost is, is making like heavy music again. You're like, yeah, they've been making heavy music for like fucking like three albums now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And it's that kind of stuff that, that is annoying to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I saw it with Danzig had to happen too. Like, Danzig 5, like, you know, pissed a lot of people off. And it took until Death Red Sabbath for people to like actually, it took like four albums for people to like, go oh danzig doesn't suck any like you know like yeah but you didn't even bother to listen to six 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 or seven or or circle of snakes you know what i mean like circle of snakes is like arguably his heaviest yeah you know? like and, and it's just like crazy yeah. yeah but i felt like it wasn't until death red sabbath that you started people started like giving him credit again you know and it was just like which is killer i don't know why he doesn't have that up on streaming he used, it, it used to be but yeah he needs to get a backup. i know i was because I love, I love that record. I think Hammer of the Gods is great. Um, yeah, Black it's Candy. A, it's one of, Black Candy is one of his best vocals, I think, too. Yeah, it's a sick album, and and uh, you know, yeah, like it definitely like revitalized in a lot of ways his career. Like, but yeah, but I think that you know, 
uh, it was kind of like annoying how people just like wrote him off. You know what I mean? Just because he did one album that they didn't like, you know, like, and that's something that's like annoying about the metal scene is all it takes is just to release one album that people don't like. And you're going to have them talking shit about you for forever. You know what I mean? (laughs) Certain certain parts of another thing that too, is that there are a lot of people in metal scene who repeat like, like um, they're like sheep. Like they just repeat like what other people say. And, uh, and that's even happens in the black metal scene a lot. Like, you know, like you have band, you have people like talking shit about bands and they don't even listen to the albums. You know what I mean? They're just talking shit because of because they see other people talking shit. It's just complete like sheep behavior, you know? Hard rock too, man. Like being Canadian, I hear it about Nickelback all the time. Uh, and it's like everyone jumps on the Nickelback hate bandwagon. And it's like you, you you do know like those guys are heavily influenced by like a lot of metal bands, Pantera, Metallica, all that kind of stuff. They can write a really crushing, heavy song. Their live show is great. They even have, I don't know if he's still with them, but he, they were using the same pyro guy that Pantera had. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, don't knock it until you see it. And if you like go see it or you actually like delve into a record and listen to it, like don't knock on it. And I think like that's probably one of the best examples because I know of people that have talked trash about them and they couldn't name me like one of their songs. Like right, they never listened to it at all. Back. Yeah. Yeah, they never listened to it at all. And like Nickelback, yeah, I get it. Like they're not everybody's bag, but I, again, it's like don't knock it till you try it, you know? Don't right. jump on the bandwagon just because you think it's cool. Yeah. It's very annoying, you know? Yeah. And probably if Morbid Angel do another album, that'll then you know, as long as it's, you know, it as good as Kingdom to stay and all of a sudden people will be like, Oh, Morbid Angel's good. Yeah, again, you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah, but they have a whole other record that you fucking ignored. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's fucking annoying. But uh, yeah. What's your number one? My number one is, and this has been my number one since high school. Um, Cannibal Corpse, Bloodthirst. Nice. Great record. Um. Again, I could have gone certain records and whatnot but this one always stood out to me because i think like pound for pound it's like one of the catchiest death metal records like there's hooks all over the place um the choruses stick out in your head uh there's cool riffs all over it um just like yeah pound for pound it's probably like one of the catchiest cannibal records in the just in the discography um this was like, if you've watched the documentary when they go like record for record, um, this is like kind of like a lull point for the band. Like it wasn't anything like that blew everybody out of the water and whatnot. But um, you hear like, they show the guys from like Goat Heart talking about it and whatnot. And they're like, yeah, man, this is like one of the most badass things they've ever done. Um, the record art is cool. Vince Locke like did something brutal on it. Um, it's got, they still play like Unleashing the Bloodthirsty and songs off it still too, as opposed to like other records. Like I know they try to like pick and choose and it gets harder when you, your output gets more vast. But I think this one overall, like from start to finish is, is my favorite. And it's just like hook after hook, refrain after refrain. And it's just like stuck in here. I, I listened to it on the way home today from work. And I was like, yeah, this is, this has to be my number one. Nice. It's gonna stay like that, so yeah, 
Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, like, um, if we if Cannibal Corpse, like, um, I'm definitely a Necro Butcher fan. I like Necro Butcher. I think he's way. I like him better than than um, Chris Barnes personally. Uh, you know, I, I, obviously the the Chris Barnes albums are, are iconic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, but for me personally, I think Corpse Grinder fucking blows Chris Barnes out of the fucking water as a vocalist. You know what I mean? Like, because he still sounds good too. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just he's just able to. He's just he has a better range. He's able to do hookier like lyrics like he's not just like he's like doing like fucking like stuff that's like got like a good rhythm and and everything and yeah like and he's got I, like zero ego if you watch i don't know if you've seen a documentary um yeah i watched a documentary yeah yeah and if for anybody that's listening and that what that is curious about seeing it it's up on youtube in full it's like it's three hours but it starts from like cannibal corruption they were teenagers before they formed their first band, Tyrant Sin, all the way up to uh, when they finished recording Kill with Eric Rutan. Um, And like, Barnes comes across as more down to earth there, but we all know like from his tweets and stuff and posts, like he's kind of just become this bitter old man. And Corpse Griner, like since day one, he's had zero ego. He comes into the band, he's humble, you know, like he's like, the front man that everybody enjoys where like Barnes is a little more reserved and maybe not as friendly and whatnot. Um, and yeah, like, yeah, like he, he still blows him out of the water. Like, yeah. Think about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I definitely a big fan of Corpus Grinder's vocals and, and uh, yeah, he's just a cool dude. Like, obviously like he's real chill and like, yep. you know, and he's just like, he gets up there and he's like this fucking beast live, you know, like, Seeing Count oh, yeah. Corpse Live is like getting crushed by a fucking steamroller. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're I just like them, I saw them open for Slayer. They came through here on one of their on one of the legs of Slayer's final tour. And they were up first. It was them. Um it was them, Amon and Marth, Lamb of God, and then Slayer. Uh and Cannibal only did like six or seven songs, but they fucking crushed all the openers. It was right. crazy. And it was when uh, Pat had that, I, don't, I guess you'd call it a mishap. He had like a fucking mental breakdown or something. Yeah. Um, so Eric Rutan was on guitar and like, <clears throat> he's made that band better. I think like he yeah. just, he just rules live. Um, and they were just so good. They don't have to be like overly flashy on stage either. Like they were just commanding and corpse grinder. Like we all know he's like a big softy off stage, but on stage he's just like, if I don't see you banging your fucking head, I'm gonna come down there. Rip your head. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's fucking. He's fucking it's brutal. badass though. Yeah. It's one I've of my seen, favorite. One of my favorite opening sets I've ever seen from a band is Cannibal Corpse on that show. I've seen Cannibal Corpse uh, two times. One one time, my friend and I got free tickets, and um, it was a terrible lineup. It was like they were the only good band. It was like Cannibal Corpse and Hatebreed and a bunch of crappy brocore bands. And oh, so shit. we we showed we showed up just to just to see Cannibal Corpse. And we had to like suffer through like Unearth or whatever that crappy band is, and um <laughs> and it was like and then finally we got to see Cannibal Corpse. And as soon as they got done, we just left because like the fucking hard was I hate hardcore people like that like the brocore people. Yeah, like, you listen you. to Unearth and whatnot like they're fucking. Yeah, annoying. we talked we talked about it last time I was on with the fucking dancing. The yeah, yeah, the like uh, dancing. It's like fuck off with that. Yeah. <laughs> 
So it was, it was, it was kind of annoying, but yeah, us and the handful of other death metal people all left like as soon as Camel Corpse were done. But yeah, but that was sick. Like they're really good. And I saw them again with uh behemoth. Oh, and, nice. uh, and there was this Campbell Corpse's headlining was Behemoth and Campbell Corpse, and that was a sick show. Killer. And nice. you know, and uh, yeah, uh, I mean, kind of getting into uh, honorable mentions, I would like, I, I would say my honor for Campbell Corpse, I'd have an honorable mention for probably my two favorite Campbell Corpse albums is Gallery of Suicide and The Skeletal Domain. Like, those two are oh, my, yeah. my favorites. So, those are like unsung gems, I think, in their discography, too. I'm a big fan of them. Like they're a little bit different from their other albums because they have a little bit darker, more like kind of very horrific feeling in a lot of ways. It's different from yeah. a lot of their stuff. Like it's not just about murdering people, really. It's like got this like real like kind of uncanny darkness to those albums. You know what I mean? Yeah. That I really like. So those yeah, would be my yeah. I, I love know. everything they do too. They're like a deicide for me. Like everything they put out, even if people are like, "Yeah, it's okay" or whatever, like. I still like love them all over yeah. here. I don't think I, I mean, Violence Imagine was awesome. Yeah. I don't think they've released a bad album. Every album's good, you know. They never released I think, like a I think it comes album. down to like awesome songwriting too. Like they've evolved like when you watch the documentary, like from like these little teenagers to like these accomplished musician, like writing like two hundred and fifty BPM, you know, songs and stuff like that and like arranging it and producing it and whatnot, like they've really just like they've excelled and like gotten better through their career and it shows on like every album. It's like more awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I definitely agree. Um, but yeah, I'm, we'll get into some honorable mentions real quick, you know, I'll spend as much time on them, but there's some like, I really want to mention, like um, we kind of mentioned massacre earlier, but from beyond for massacre is an album that I think is an underrated classic. You know, a lot of people don't talk about it, but it's a fucking sick album. It's all about like Lovecraft stuff as well, which is awesome. Yeah, I know Cam Lee's like a big, he's a big horror guy. Yeah. uh, He's well read. Like he comes across as kind of like a meathead when you see him and he doesn't really do that many interviews, but like he's really well read and his lyrics are very intelligent. And I love the Lovecraft aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. and and the newest Massacre album that came out, I think, last year or the year before is like, or no, it was like yeah. two years ago, like 2021. That album's re- really good. So, you know, yeah, definitely yeah, recommended. And then um, the album that almost made my list, but uh, I ended up knocking off for um, for Vader is Obituary, Cause of Death. Oh, yes. Um, Cause of Death is, you know, it's my favorite Obituary album. It's a sick album. I love how fucking primitive and brutal, it, you know, and barbaric it is. You know, it's just like, you know, really good crushing, like mostly mid-tempo death metal. Like it's a pretty perfect album, but I ended up uh, swapping with uh, Vader um, like yesterday because I was like, oh yeah, Vader, I need to put Vader on my list. So yeah. I like Vader. No, I, love, I love Cause of Death too. It was like, that was the first obituary record I heard. Um, and yeah, back in the LimeWire days, I was like, I got to check out Obituary. So I remember I put on like Chopped in Half. Yeah. And, you know, everyone knows that famous first line. It's that it's the guitar and then John Tardy's vocals come in and you're like, what is this? Like, it's some of the sickest vocals too. Like, like <laughs> yeah, he's so original. It's so cool, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's never faltered. Like, 
I know that that yeah is kind of gone from his voice, but he's still badass. Like even the new stuff, it's kind of like it's nothing spectacular on the new record, but he still kicks ass. And I think like without him, I don't think Obituary would have been like the band that they are. You know, right? He's so original. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, and uh, yeah, I think Cause <laughs> F's a great album, but I don't, I don't like them as much. I don't like Obituary as much as Vader, so I think I knocked off. Yeah. Liam. Uh, then another, another uh, big contender was Necrophobic, The Nocturnal Silence. I'm a oh, nice. big, yeah. big Necrophobic fan. I've been listening to that album, you know, for 20 years or whatever. Like, I got it back in the day, and I will fucking love that album. Like, it's a really great example of, you know, their later stuff gets is more de- black metal, like melodic black yeah. metal. But it, this album is, you know, definitely, you know, death metal. And, uh, you know, it's like... um really good dark like satanic feeling you know and um and then of course like yeah yeah, definitely recommend and um their entire discography is finally back on on uh spotify like everything so you can go and like listen everything by them which is great because i do listen to them but i haven't in a long time their last one was good too the whatever recent one was it 2018 or 2019 uh it's 2020 that album is really good. Yeah. I definitely recommend yeah. going and my favorite, uh, necrophobic album is, um, uh, the third antichrist, which is their third album. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that one's my favorite. Um, nice. and then I got entombed left hand path, which of course is a great album, you know, like classic oh, Swedish stuff, you know, yeah. um, another Swedish death metal album that I really love is carnage, dark recollections. Nice. Yeah. Like I, I love that album. I think it's a, uh, it's like, you know, I think the guy was the guys who formed Arch Enemy after that. But I think this is like kills Arch Enemy. You know, I think. Oh, I thought uh, it was Dismember. I think there's members of both Arch Enemy and Dismember. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, that. I yeah, thought I think, it was just Dismember. Gotcha. No, it's guys from Dismember. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Wipes the floor with Arch Enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and well, you know, the guy who went and joined Carcass and then started Arch Enemy. I can't. Yeah. Oh yeah, Michael Emmett. Yeah. I think I think he was on Carnage. I'm pretty sure. I think don't, he was. Yeah. Don't yeah, quote. He was in Carcass and then. Don't let me let me yeah. double check so I'm not giving people fake, uh, you know, disinformation. Let's see, Carnage, Sweden. <laughs> uh, there we go. Uh, yeah, Michael Emmett. Yep. Uh, gotcha. This is the band that, yeah, uh, half the member, about half the members formed Dismember. Dave Bloomquist, Maddie Kirky, and Fred Etsby went and formed Dismember, but then Michael Amat went and did, uh, went to Carcass and then formed Arch Enemy after that. So. Gotcha. And, nice. uh, and the other guy, yep. So, uh, um, and I think it's, I think it's a good album, you know, because you got that kind of, and I mean another album that I'll call out is Dismember, like an Ever Flowing Stream, which I think is a great album as oh, well. Yeah. And uh yeah. yeah, I like Carnage because I think the other guy is kind of like it's not super like melodic, like how like a lot of the Michael Amant stuff gets. Yeah. Um, but it's not so one note as Dismember can get sometimes, you know? Yeah, for re- sure. Like I like Dismember, but I have a hard time getting through like their discography because it all kind of sounds the same after a while for me. You yeah, know? that buzz uh, can kind of. I have like my favorites out of them, like 
obviously like an ever flowing stream is is kind of like the staple um i actually have uh the god that never was in my honorable mentions there's just something about that one that is a little more catchy i think right um and it kind of harkens back to that ever flowing stream like kind of straight to the point with like that catchiness to it um yeah and i think it's kind of like one of their underrated ones too the god that never was it's yeah, cool. that's a good one. Cool album cover too. It kind of sticks out in my mind when you see it. You're kind of like, wow. Yeah. It's really well done. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, another one my mentions is Nile and their darkened shrines. Oh yeah, love Nile. Yeah, big fan of Nile. Um, they didn't quite crack the top ten, but uh, you know, they'd be in my top fifteen for sure. Like, I, I'm a big fan of Nile. Like, and I feel like, um, Black Seas of Vengeance and in their darkened shrines. It was hard for me to choose between, but Inner Dark and Shrines I like a little bit better because it has a bit more of the epic kind of, you know, these kind of epic, heavier Egyptian songs that have this, like, great atmosphere. You know what I mean? Yep. Love Nile. And um, then I have Behemoth, The Apostasy. Nice. Which, yeah. you know, I'm a big fan of apost- of Behemoth and uh, of their old stuff, Up to the Satanist. And, um, yeah, I think The Apostasy would be, like, my favorite. You know what I mean? Nice. That's killer. And is there anything else I want to mention? Um, uh, I will mention um, Cryptopsy with None So Vile. That's the other one I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. Canadian pride right there. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I love uh, that one, and I love Blasphemy Made Flesh. I think those two are excellent. Actually, yeah. Blasphemy Made Flesh would have been on my list, but uh, then I thought about Necrophagia. And I was like, damn, I gotta put that one on. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, I I really like none. I like, yeah, I like Blast Me Flesh is their first one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that, yeah. Uh, the world famous scream. It's like an over a minute long that Lord Worm does on the song "Open Face Surgery." Right. Yeah. I guess I, the story behind that is like he did it and he held it, and then when he was finally done, he just passed out. <laughs> yeah, I think I heard that. He's recording it, yeah. Yeah. And I, <laughs> but it's so cool on the record. It's so awesome. It's yeah. funny with, yeah, and I like the newer, because Lord Worm came back and did a newer album with them too, I think. Um, yeah, they, he did, he was gone for a bit. They had Mike DeSalvo in for two records, I think. And then he came back and did Once Was Not with yeah. him. And, yeah. Was it Once Was Not? uh yeah i like i like that album you know with that he did with them um and uh yeah i like i'm not wasn't too big into the ones with, i i like word warm and like his his lyrics and the kind of like vibe that he has you know like he's English more, teacher my day. <laughs> yeah he's more of like yeah. a black metal dude in a lot of ways like he like oh, i guess yeah, totally. he listens to black metal he doesn't really listen to death metal from my heard so he's Have like you heard his other stuff uh raj nuclear no i haven't heard that oh you haven't oh well i'm gonna send you that one too that was this project he did it i think there's two records that he did but that's like straight up black metal and he's on vocals and it's fucking killer cool yeah i definitely need to check that out yeah because and you can kind of tell because the the first two albums have that a little bit darker he kind of brings in that black metal element with like the vocals and like that the lyrical themes and whatnot you know so it's like so yeah, I like the stuff, cryptopsy stuff that they did with him. Yeah. Um, uh, what are some of your other Arnold mentions? Because that's that's all the ones I want to mention. Um, well, since we got talking about Barnes, 
believe it or not, he did some good shit. Right. <laughs> so, uh, one that I actually shared a, a while ago, I did an appreciation post for it. It was um, this band from Poland called Torture Killer, which I think they got from a Six Feet Under song title. Um, they put out this record called Swarm, and he did the vocals and wrote the lyrics. And it's some of like the catchiest and like most infectious like death metal. It's it borderlines on death and roll. It's like that catchy. Like it's okay. like this cool rock and roll almost feel to it, but it's like really groovy and in your face. And it's some of like some of his best vocals and like vocal patterns and stuff, just to the point where like every song is like super catchy. Um and it kind of blew like everything he did with Six Feet Under out of the water after oh, wow. that. Like it was, it's a record that like I could still put on this to this day and go, yeah, like fuck you, Barnes. Like why don't you make something this good again? <laughs> like, um, I don't know. And then like keep it on the same subject. He did this record called Unborn with Six Feet Under, where he had uh, like a revamped kind of lineup, um, and he had Ola England from The Haunted on guitar. Okay. And Ola wrote some of his best like some of six feet under's best riffs and like i always thought that steve swanson on guitar was like the best thing that could ever happen to that band and when he left i was like well this band's gonna be fucking dog shit but they did the undead and unborn records and like that's probably next to like the first couple of six feet records is probably like one of the best things that they've ever done and i credit it to like ola england's riffs right but like when Barnes like really honed in on like his lyrics and his his vocal patterns and stuff like that and it really made for something like catchy and cool to hear like people call it death and roll I just call it like really catchy death metal but right. it's it's infectious you know like the like there's there's a song called zombie blood curse and I know it sounds kind of like cheesy but it's really like it like as soon as you hear it it's, it gets in your head it's super catchy um, I need to. I'll have to um, dig into to those ones because uh, yeah, I didn't know that. I never listened to um, that. You know, any. I only listened to the first couple out, like first album, Haunted. So, yeah. and if I'll, and I, uh, like I said, like I heard. Uh, what is this album? Graveyard Classics Two. Yeah, which I thought was like the stupidest album I've ever heard in my life. So like, I just never like, <laughs> I, I never bothered you, with anything else. Have you heard of Purple Haze? No, I'm sure that's... Because I, I know you were saying you love Hendrix. Like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> I'm sure that's He terrible. does, on Graveyard Classics 1, it's not like a whole rec. Like he did all of Back in Black for... Graveyard, Graveyard Classics 2, yeah. But Graveyard Classics 1, he does like, I think he does Exodus... Um, he does the monkeys stepping stone, which is fucking weird. Um, and he does, uh, he does purple eyes. Oh man, that's gotta be just like <laughs> awful. Just you can just picture it, right? <laughs> I have to listen to it just sort of just sort of laughs. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't know they did good stuff with later on. So I'll have to, yeah, it's really, it's they're so hit and miss. Like when he really hits, like it's good, you're like, finally, like good. But then I would say after Unborn, it was like kind of downhill. Like right. Just, his voice was kind of going. Um, the produ- it, it seemed like the production and sound quality, like he just didn't give a shit. And then what did we end up getting? We got Nightmares of the Decomposed, which is like the biggest pile of dog shit in the universe. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 
you kind of just like, oh my God, like how the mighty have fallen, you know? Yeah. It, sounds it was like sad to see. It was sad to hear too. Like I tried to find the best on that record and there might be some cool moments, but you're like, who produced this? And who said, who at Metal Blade was like, yeah, I'll sign off on this. This is cool. Like, yeah. Sign off him like doing? doing his ease and his dog barking sound. And... Oh my God. Don't get me started with the ease. <laughs> <laughs> it's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's... I just I can't like I remember hearing uh, Kelly Schaefer on Into the Necrosphere talking about it, and Jackie said something, and even Kelly like you know he's trying to be nice, but Kelly's just like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> like I've known you, I've known you since back in the day, and you were the guy that wrote like some of the best shit ever, and now you put this shit out. Like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's confusing. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but aside from that abomination, um, <laughs> uh, I wanted to shout out Ralph. Um, he was talking to Mike on a different episode of Everything Went Black, and he mentioned uh, Disastrous Murmur, uh, Rhapsodies in Red. Uh-huh. And I think that's a criminally underrated death metal record. And um, he said he would put it on like, his top five death metal of all time. And uh, that almost made my top ten. I need to like revisit it because i hadn't heard it in so long but when he like mentioned it i was like hell yes like someone else knows this record like it's really cool um like really gritty death metal like it's old school but it's like really well done like you could put it like i could totally picture them like playing a set with like old school incantation nice and stuff like that you know yeah so it's it like that one after you there's a lot of good like newer death metal bands like I, I love like Grave Miasma and you know like um all these kinds of bands that's out there now that are kind of doing that and uh, one album that I was gonna I forgot to mention was the Disembowelment like their album like oh yeah yeah like and that's a you know there's so many bands like nowadays who are like taking up up that that mantle of like Disembowelment incantation and whatnot you know what I mean which is really cool yeah yeah killer but yeah those are my like big honorable mentions uh i feel like i would be doing a disservice not mentioning stuff like swarm my torture killer and stuff because that was like a big part of my uh my high school years i guess i could shout out black dahlia murder too that was a big deal in high school for me um the album um uh why did i just forget it hold on why did it just escape my mind See, this is why I didn't put it in my top 10 because I always forget the name of it. But it was a huge deal for me um, in high school. I had a shirt of it and everything. And my other metalhead friends, I was like, you guys got to listen to this. Um, I suppose you should also... Oh, just Nocturnal. Mention- Nocturnal is what it's called. Nice. I suppose you should also mention... Uh, uh, I suppose you should also mention that bands that you love so much that you didn't put them on the list because you couldn't pick an album. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, Death for sure. Uh, um because it's like it's almost impossible to pick like my favorite death record like i guess if i had to individual thought patterns would be the one but you know come at me tomorrow it might be spiritual healing you know what i mean like i can't pick like my favorite death record like i love them all um and cattle decapitation as well um especially like their later output like that stuff is just gold and i'm so stoked aside from the cover for their new record i'm i'm stoked on their what's going to be coming out on the new record right um they uh they put our new song and video today and it's 
amazing as usual. Right. And, uh, and then I mentioned... felt kind of privileged getting a new, a new suitor song and a new cattle cap song in the same day. Right. So that was cool. Yeah. And then those would be like big ones. Yeah. And more of an angel like you mentioned earlier. And more of an angel. Yeah. 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 Yep. Like I can't, I have three of like my favorites and like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if I put gateways on today, like maybe tomorrow I'd be more of like a fucking domination mood, you know? Like, right. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. And the thing I was talking about earlier was that, um, I was like toying for a long time, um, trying to decide if I wanted to put possessed seven churches on my list because that's one of my oh, favorite yeah. albums of all time. But, and I know that they call themselves death metal or whatnot, but I just, and I know that they're a big influence on incantation, morbid angels, bands, and more a satanic side of death metal. But I just can't. I mean, I just, I think Possessed is more so a black thrash, like black death thrash band. You know, like they're like a proto black, proto black, or sorry, proto black, proto death metal thrash band. Because you know what I mean. So if we do a, like I was thinking, what we should do is we should do a th um, thrash slash speed metal list next. Nice. Yeah. Run, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you want to do that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that will be on that list. So, but oh, yeah, you know, sure. I understand their importance and everything. Um, and I know that death really like particularly on screen, buddy Gore kind of ripped off a lot of ideas from possessed, but I will yeah. say that I think that, you know, screen buddy Gore is more of a, a quintessential death metal album than seven churches. I think seven churches falls more into, yeah, and if you sure. look at the rest of possessed discography, they're more thrashy. You know what I mean? Like they're more yeah. black thrash than they are death metal, in my opinion. Yeah, totally, totally. Even the most recent one, I think that's still. It's more black thrash, yeah. Yeah, definitely black thrash. Yeah. Yeah, sound. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like when I make a playlist or something, possessed fits perfectly next to like Bathory and stuff. It doesn't really fit with like, you know, some of the death metal bands, in my opinion. You know, so yeah. that's why. Yeah. So I was thinking about it for a while. I was like, no, I'm gonna put this on with like uh, on a. We should, yeah, like I said, we should do a thrash speed metal list, and I'll put it on that one. That, yeah, so, sure. that that's a little hint that'll definitely be on that list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right on. But yeah, and you you just mentioned like the new Suitor song, and that song I listened to it two times in a row today. Like, oh yeah, it's just fucking like on repeat. I knew but... the video was coming. Um, yeah, they, they posted. I, it. I opened up my Spotify this morning, and it was there, and I was like, oh shit, like is this it? Cause I know there's been that problem lately of like um, artists with like the same name and they put up like an album or a song and yeah, I don't, it's not actually, that, it's not actually that band, you know? I, I don't think we have that problem with Suter though. I mean, it's a pretty, no, yeah, with Suter, no. And then I look closely <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, they kind of just like revamped the logo a little bit. And I was like, and then I put it on, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is Suter for sure. And then the video, I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. They just announced that like, um, earlier in a week yeah and i was like this song it's gonna is, be good man that's coming out the same day as new swans actually cool yeah i mean i'm like if the whole album is as good as this one song if all the songs are as good as this which it probably will be because suitor you know they always release good albums yeah it's gonna be my top five for sure you know <laughs> oh, 100 percent. yeah yeah like yeah. if not the best you know we'll see like right now yeah. my my top two is verminous serpent and um and the uh, sodality album like those are my two favorite albums yeah. so far this year but you know suitor could potentially uh knock one of those off of the top we'll see yeah i um, think so man you know I think that, yeah i think that song 
at least four or five times for me today yeah. with the video too. Yeah, I need to watch the video. Yeah, it's pretty. It's what you expect. It's awesome. Looking at the pictures, it's like burning crosses and shit like that. Everything you would want from it. Fire and blood and exactly and spikes. (laughs) You know, like and and cold and winter and snow and yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I I I got I got Suter and the Suter back in the day when Desert Northern Hell came out and I got the promo for that. Yeah. I was just like, I heard that song, and then on the way to work, I put on Desert Northern Hell this morning. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember getting that promo when I was doing like reviews, and I just like fucking couldn't stop listening to that album. Like from the first moment I listened to it, and it's one of those ones that I uh, stays with me. You know, like I think I I did. We did that. I did that episode of Mike Hill where we talked about black metal from two thousand two thousand ten. I was like, I think that was like my number four or five album on that list, and I was like. Because it's just like I go back to that album and Suter in general, like a lot. You know, like I'm always yeah. listening to them. Like they're underrated, man. And I think uh, as a three piece too, they have like this huge sound. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's awesome. They're just one of those bands. It's like when I want to listen to some quintessential Norwegian aggressive Norwegian black metal, I listen to them and Urghal. You know, those are my two go to oh, bands. Yeah. You know, yeah, and love those both. And I and uh, um and also the crypt album the preludes to death that nog did have you ever listened oh, to that yeah yeah, yeah. that album's yeah, just sure. just as sick so it's like it's basically a suitor album just without the the other member of suitor you know because it's nog yeah. and a different drummer i feel like they would be killer to watch live too yeah i'd love to see them live like but uh, i don't know if that'll ever happen you know for us unless we go to go to europe you know Probably have to go to Norway yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, we can only dream. Maybe like some sort of festival or something will get them out of here. Who knows? You never know. One day I'd and, like to go to Beyond the Gates. Like that's one of the festivals I really would like to go to in Bergen. Inferno, Vakken, Beyond the Gates. Those big ones, yeah. Yeah, I'm never I'm not really interested in going to Vakken myself just because I don't like crowds like that. So like I'm more I know, it's pretty huge. Yeah, yeah. I'm more I'm more keen on um yeah, like uh, Inferno or Beyond the Gates or or um um oh um Steel Fest or something like that, you know, like yep. you know, yep. where they're like a bit smaller, you know you know, like type of fest that uh has like really good like bands on it you know yeah totally yeah but yeah excellent but yeah thanks for coming on tonight and talking death metal of course man thank you for having me again and we will do something uh in the very near future i'm sure like i said uh if you're down we should do a top 10 uh thrash speed metal list yeah and if you ever want to get like you know like Tired of my ass, John. On you can get one of the other guys on too. We could do like a six 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 thing, like Jackie's done, and it's kind of becoming a horse horseman staple. <laughs> Doing like yeah, a six six six. Cool. Yeah, so might be cool. Idea. Yeah, I'm down for anything. Yep, right on. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. But um, sounds good, man. Awesome, man. Thanks for coming on. Great talking to you again. Right. Cheers, buddy. I right, have a good night, bro. You too, buddy. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh,
Goodbye.